Welcome to Wrestling is Hard, where every side is the dark side of the ring. First up is the man responsible for AW, Brandon. Hello, how are you doing? How much I'm do you good, want to talk? Yeah. How much you, about your life do you want to talk about on the podcast right now? Not too much, honestly. Not that much happened. COVID contact tracing last week, so I've been uh, locked inside for about four or five days. Nothing really interesting. But you got to watch a pay-per-view, so that's good. You just didn't get to come and eat it, or come and watch it with us. I did not get to come over to the party. Yes. And the next man is responsible for the task of whenever we start covering NXT. It's Chris. You didn't get to come over and enjoy the long, hot hell that we went through. Chris, you want to talk about the long, hot hell? Well, first of all, I'm, I'll talk about my whole week because it started out very interesting. Mm-hmm. The way our weeks go from Tuesday to, I guess, Monday, and then we recap on Tuesday. Uh, I went back to work. Um, I missed a week of work right before uh, two shows ago, and then I went back to work, but I was working during the day. So I wasn't uh, – I hadn't been there at night in a while. And uh, one of my customers on Thursday night decided to have a powwow with his friends on how – that how what a great human being Mitt Romney is. I, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess he's the better of the bad human beings that are in charge, but you know. I, I don't know. I just was. I was very. It just seemed very odd to me that you know. I don't know. Like it'd be like saying like you know you know my. I was just that wrestler that like you know weird mid card dude. I just love that guy. Right. Out of all the human beings on earth, you're 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 espousing the worth of Mitt Romney. I just found that to be very strange. Cody Rhodes is my favorite Mitt Carter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but then, uh, excuse me, we had a uh, uh, an event yesterday at the house, and um, I am fucking exhausted. I bet you were in the I sun am for a long so time. So fucking tired. Jim attested this that at one point I was just walking in the kitchen going, I'm fucking delirious. Yes. Drink I, water. I, I, I just kept saying, drink water. And I and I and it wasn't like I wasn't. I was just I was just fucking running around, making food, and, you know, talking to this person, talking to that person, glad handing everybody. Welcome to hosting. <laughs> at one point I did a dance. You were dancing. Um yeah. So, you know, it was uh it wasn't anything cool like, you know, dancing through the years of our love, but it was, it was, uh, just a little, you know, almost sugar hell gang ass walking through a crowd of people. At one point, dance. Chris, at one point, Chris grabbed a, um, Notre Dame flag and started running <laughs> through the party and then tripped and fell into the pool and we had to rescue him. It was amazing, Brandon. Smashed it through his roof. That surprised no, me, Chris. <clears throat> I tripped and fell and I got wrapped up in the flag and they had to rescue me like lethal weapon one. And then I heard Jim, I heard it afterwards, Jim popped out of the pool and he just looked over and went, corpse. Go ahead. That surprises me, Chris. You're you're pretty physically active, and uh, you you know you work at a, p- a party type setting at the bar. What do you would you attribute that to your your delirium? Um, I'm just fucking tired, man. Uh, you know, I, I really there's not much to say to it. I uh, I worked the night before. I didn't work too late the night before. I was up at. Did I work the night before? No, no you I didn't. You I'm already sorry. forgot. I'm, yeah, you're watching no, AEW. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> was. Work. I mean, that was working the night, but it wasn't work. I enjoyed it, but man, I, we were up to. I was up to almost one. Yeah. 
And then uh, I think I got up at like six and had my coffee. And then, of course, I did the same thing I always do, which is basically it usually doesn't hurt me because I have like kind of things to do. And then I don't usually eat a meal until lunch. But then by the time lunch came, I got people pouring in my house at one o'clock in the afternoon. And a lot of them came together. So it wasn't a like, you know, it wasn't slow road. It wasn't like people trickling in and out. It was my house was my backyard was empty. And then my backyard was fucking packed. Yeah. There were so many people in my pool. I put two gallons of shock in when everybody I put two gallons of shock in before they the night before just to be safe, because I don't know. You know, I mean, there's really just myself, maybe one or two other people on my pool on a regular basis. And then I put two more in it after everybody left. And I'm going to tell you something, because um, I just figured that my pool, a certain percentage of my pool was probably this morning was probably beer. And the other percentage of my pool was probably piss. So <laughs> we 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 uh, we shocked it out of it. But it was cool. I mean, it was a good time. We had fun. I saw some people that I hadn't seen in a long time came down, which which was made me happy. And uh, now we're like, I feel hungover today. And I, I ain't. I'm just wiped. So Brandon, you missed you the do party. A fr- it was a good time. It was a good time. Go ahead. Did you do a fresh dye for the party? It looked like that picture you posted. No, I, I, I did. Like, I just did that's... a fresh dye. Yeah, I guess I did it for the party. I made sure I had a new haircut and a fresh dye. <laughs> you know, good. Oh, you saw that picture of me? It was me, Jim, and uh, Machine Gun Kelly. You see that picture? <laughs> I did see that. Hey, I'm hanging Jim. out with some kind of rock star. No, no, he was hanging out with rock stars. He was hanging out with rock stars. It was like, a, like I said, it was like a Y&T video. Google it. <laughs> I'm Jim. I'll talk about not much Japanese stuff. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at hard, uh, hard number four wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. Okay. Nothing really big happened this weekend, so we don't have to talk about it, right? Now, I will tell you this. Um, I, 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 want, I wanted to do my homework um, you know, this, this afternoon. So while I was making dinner, I threw the, uh, Hulu feed of NXT on and about 10 minutes into it, I got a, um, text that said nothing happened on NXT. And I looked at my wife and I said, Hey, you can, uh, change the channel. <laughs> no, yeah, I just, yeah, I tried to watch it. I was looking at my I, phone the whole time. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I was just like, I knew nothing happened, but just in case we wanted to like pop in and talk about it, I was like, all right, well, I'll, just so I know, I mean, it is kind of like, you know, I don't want to say a job, but it's my responsibility yeah. on this podcast to know what's going on in that show. Yeah. And Duke, I turned on and Duke Nukem was Duke on. Nukem. And, Beef, Beef yeah. Wellington showed up. So, and I was like, no, I, I, fuck it, I don't want to watch this shit. Yeah, I, that was the same thing I looked at. I saw it was on the show and I was like, why are we doing this? So Didn't I mean it. I, I just figured we'd cover NXT real quick. I can tag in there too. Go ahead, Brandon. I, I did the same thing. Jimmy will release, I guess you could call it like our, our topics, our agenda. At some point the day of, and I was in the middle of NXT when you sent that over, and I quickly did a quick scroll, saw no NXT, and I was like, okay, this yeah, is I done. Was, I was watching it last week, and I put in the group text. I was like, don't watch NXT this week. There's nothing to watch. Got to read those group text messages, man. I know you're, sca- you're skipping them. Don't skip. Are you skipping on us? Who? Me? Oh, well, I, I do skip on you guys. Sometimes <laughs> I'll come back, and there's like 25, and I'm like, I don't <laughs> Well, I, listen, I'm going to tell you something. I, I am guilty of this. If there is a group text in anything, whoever it is, doesn't matter. Any of the group texts that are in my text thread on my phone, they're all muted. Maybe I only have two, and that's why I read them all. Yeah. I, I refuse to join. I always bow out of every single group text I get added to. 
Well, what happened? Yeah, I, I mute it because what happens is is now the three say the three of us are in a group text and I'm doing whatever. I'm just, you know, doing something around the house. And then you send the text, and then you send, and then Brandon sends a text, and then you two start having. It doesn't happen with, with us, but most of them, two people in the group text start having a conversation in the group text. Yeah, because you want to have. Well, the only reason you do that is so that the other person is up to up to date. I don't. No, I no, could, I, but I'm not. I could I'm text Brandon at any time. No, no, but you, well, that's what I mean. You you do that if it's not directly related to the three of us. But like if you go and like I have them, people do them at work right. and then I have them and then all of a sudden A and B are having a conversation about a, a, a car accident they saw on fucking 95, six years ago. And it's like, where? how do we get here? What the fuck? Go talk to him in your own time. I don't want to be involved in this. So I just mute them all. All right, cool. So I won't be texting anyone anymore. No, stop. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> I, I look forward. To, I actually the only reason I pretty much pick up my phone is to see if we have. Actually, you know what? I can unmute yours, but I won't. <laughs> I'm like bipolar. Like, depending on how close to the beginning of the work week we are, I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to talk to anybody. By about Wednesday, cheer up, and then I'll, I'll start contributing. <laughs> we should start recording on Wednesday, then. Well, I'm just telling you. No, like, I, I'm always up to date on what's going on in the, tech, in the, uh, on the podcast. I work very hard to stay on top of all this bullshit. You do a good you job. Do. So well, after we ha- after we end, I don't want you stewing and saying fuck these guys. I'm done. I'm not stewing shit. I got a lot more important shit to stew about. Your fucking SS SST or whatever. The size of my penis. It's very small. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about some WWE news because everybody cares about that right now. No one wants to talk about anything else. So according to sources, and this this is reported by our good friend Donnie Wood from Ring Rust Radio. I can't believe it. He has a source. I find this shocking. I think it might be a lie. He's um, a lie. WWE uh, sent a text out to writers for a mandatory meeting following AEW All Out. Brandon, did our source get back to us and confirm their He didn't. He did not. Okay. No. Unfortunately. I just followed up. So if he chimes in mid-podcast, I'll, I'll confirm. But I, I he did say this was before you asked that he's looking for a new job already. So (laughs) it's not too much fun over there. I know that he said before, and you know, we don't talk much about our sauces, what he talks about because we don't want to expose anybody, but he had said before that they do all talk about AEW, even though Vince says no one does. Correct. Yeah. It's very like, they're all very much aware that it's a problem. And it sounds like, you know, as you could imagine to spend a decent amount of time, trying to combat it only to continually just have their scripts ripped up by Vince and, and rewritten an hour before. And now it's pretty much just uh, pure fatigue across the writer's room, at least for raw. Could you imagine that? Like, what do they have writers for? If they, if Vince is just going to write the show, this does make no, it just seems like nope. you're firing so much talent. Why don't you get rid of the writing room? Well, you know, they did for years. Their writing room was him. And, you know, apparently it was him, Pat Patterson. Um, yeah. Him, Pat Patterson. Who's dead? Him, Pat Patterson. Dead man. <laughs> and and uh, what, Pritchard and that whole crew sitting around Vince's pool. It's essentially still the same thing. They just do it in the office now. Right. But so they just Pat have Patterson's writers. And, and Pat Patterson's dead. But they have writers that, um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, like, 
People don't get it. It's always like, oh, you got a job for WWE or you got a job for this show or or like actors are the same thing. It's like you got a job here. You should be happy. You got this job. You're getting paid. And it's like, yeah, but they get into these positions to be creative and have their work shown. And when you're not being creative, like you have actors that like um, are on television shows and they start like, oh, season 12. He's only in three episodes. And the guy's like, yeah, can I not be here anymore? Hmm. Like I do this job to do this job. I don't do it to just get a paycheck. Also, if so you're not on long term, if you're not on TV or your product is or your 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 job is not being used, right? Then your exposure's down, including writing. Mm-hmm. You, you have nothing to point at. I did this amazing, you know, send a tape of a segment I wrote when I go to look for another job. If you're not using your talent, you can't use it to further your career at any point. Right. Well, and the other thing is, is that like instead of you know, who knows what's actually being st- said, but it's like. You're worried about AEW. First of all, it, you know, it's in the traditional sense, are you worried about AEW beating you? They can't beat you. The reason why they can't beat you is, is technically they're not on the same goddamn night of television. Mm. So it really should not fucking matter what they're doing. They're not drawing eyes. The, the reason why eyes aren't on your product is because your product sucks. It's not because AEW is taking them away. It's not like Monday Nitro was on the same fucking time as Monday Night Raw. All, they, they air their programs at eight o'clock on fucking Wednesday and at ten. They even even the Friday show starts when the other one ends. Right. They're tra- and so, they don't have great numbers on Friday. It's not like they. Right. SmackDown has better numbers than Raw on a Friday, which is supposedly right. a dead zone for TV. But right. SmackDown averages like two million people watching every week. AW, I think their numbers this week were like six hundred fifty thousand. I'm just curious too. Like you look at yeah, because you remember when we were comparing when they were comparing numbers, it wasn't AEW and WWE. No, it was, it was AEW and NXT, which nobody fucking knows what it is in the you know in the grand scheme of things. You look at the macro of this situation, right? I use that right, right? Yep. You yep. look at it. It's nobody knows. Nobody knows who NXT is. Like if people ask me about wrestling, I'll always say like, oh, who's this guy? I'll be like, oh, well, they have like this. You ever see the show? Because they don't know the show. But they watch enough television that they'll catch the commercials for it. I always say, you know that other WWE show? It's in yellow. And they'll go, oh, yeah, I've seen the commercials for that. But they're not – they don't really – even and these are people that watch wrestling from time to time. Like, you know, these people that they're supposed to be trying to entice to come in and, like, buy pay-per-views and shit. But it's not – they're not – I don't – like, I don't see them as direct competition for WWE. They can't be like, don't know. And like, but you're looking like, oh, people like they do it. They always talk about it. Like, you know, they have they have a meeting after after the pay-per-view. Why do they have a meeting? What the fuck is the difference? What? Who cares? It's not the meeting isn't it, it shouldn't be. Look at what they did. It's what the fuck are we not doing? Well, yeah. Well, why? Well, I, I think part of it would be uh, how can we emulate this and harness some of their energy? Because we well, don't have it. I'll tell you exactly how they can emulate it. We've all been saying it for fucking years now. Don't air the same program every fucking week. Yeah, well. It's not that difficult. It's the same goddamn show every week. Right. One of the best things, you and I were talking about this on Sunday. One of the best things about AW is AW starts, it's Wednesday night, you know what that means, fireworks go off, and wrestlers come down to the ring to fucking wrestle. It's not the same the same dude, man, a fucking whoever is going to come out and he's going to walk down and then another dude's going to come out. And it's just like it's ever it's been a promo parade every week on every WWE show for as long as I can fucking remember. 20 some and, years. Yeah. And now years. you're 
and now you're you're saying oh there's because it's not like it's not viewers it, their concern is excitement about their product that's right. what their concern has yeah. to be right it's not viewers they still get the same viewers right and even still even if they don't get the viewers guess what i guarantee you they're making you know whatever they're losing by not people not watching uh on television like at nine o'clock on a, on a or eight o'clock on a monday night they're gaining probably more than that with people saying, oh, what happened on Raw? And then watching YouTube videos and cutting through those fucking ads in the beginning. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm. it's like, I don't know. I think it's just like, it's the perception of them on a, on a in, in the wrestling community on a downward trajectory. That, I think, is what's worrying them. Yeah. Brandon, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I don't have too much, honestly, man. It's, I, I just can't figure out. I wish I could find some like logical path as to what Vince McMahon's trying to do here. If you're running a business, if you're running a business and the people that you hired, you have to continually rip their script up and yell at, that's your fault. There, you, you need to be communicating leader, better what leader. you want. Right. It does. It's not anybody's fault, but his, so that, that kind of just makes me feel like this, this thing is really like rudderless. And I think that that's kind of what you see come out. Um, one thing that this person said that I know was that I guess it's, it was a SummerSlam just happened that Brock Lesnar showed up and the head writer was like, what the fuck's he doing here? They, they didn't, Vince didn't tell them that Brock was even built into the show or coming out. And so it's like, there's some kind of weird animosity going on within WWE that's eating them alive. And it's not that AEW is their direct competition, but now there's a place where if you, if you bottom it, like what, if you bottom out hard enough with these guys, they can now go somewhere else that didn't exist for 18 years or something. Right. I guess TNA, you could, but for the most part, it was either, you know, take it or, or go home, go work indie shows. So in the, I think in a sense now where it's like these in, inside WWE, their people are pissed off that they're trying to write something interesting. No offense to, you know, wrestling in general, but it's not, it's not that fucking hard to write something compelling within wrestling. I guarantee you that there's ideas coming across Vince's table that would make Raw and SmackDown better than it is. And they're getting stuffed to the point where they're watching all their top guys. not all of them, some of them going over. And it's just like, yeah, yeah everyone's, it's not the cool place to be at all anymore. It's, it's no, it very is. far from it. Any final thoughts on that, Chris? No, it's like back to what you were saying, too. It's like, you know, there's like, I, I say it all the time. There's a simple, there's a step one simple fix. Like we like you were just saying, it's, it's, it's your, your, uh, you know, say it, it, wrestling, they've been writing wrestling the same way since the beginning of who knows how long this has been going on, right? Like it's been the same way and it's always worked. And, you know, the, 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 the subtleties are what the characters themselves and the subtleties in those characters is what makes the storyline interesting, but it's good guys versus bad guys. Yeah, that's it. And I, and I've said this, there's a, that's all it is. It's Shakespeare, but without any of the, real hard work you know what i mean right. you're basically a yeah. good guy a bad guy someone has to die in the end and the and, and years ago it was a good guy and the bad guy and then the good guy and the bad guy would go around this country and they would work out this thing and if it worked in house shows and then we would do it on tv and if it doesn't we'd think something else up but at the same time it was the characters themselves 
added the nuance. They added the little tiny things that weren't written out for them. But, you know, the biggest thing that always bothers me and I, and I had we were watching AEW last Wednesday and I, and I said it to my wife. I said, you know, these dudes all get on my nerves, all these elite guys. Mm -hmm. we, we talk about it all the time. Right. These elite guys all get on my nerves. And then the show ends with the elite guys beating up Christian Cage in the cage. Well, we'll the, talk about all that when we get yeah, to no, that. No, no, no. But, but it's, yeah. All right, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait. We're, I didn't know that we were going to cover uh, last week's AEW before the pay-per-view. Yeah, we have to because a lot okay. of shit went down a lot. All right, of all right, all right. Uh, we'll, we'll go, but we'll, we'll get back to that later. Yeah. All right. I'll um, keep my eye out for, sorry, I'll keep my eye out for articles about WWE looking to be bought because that's the only thing that I can come up with that makes any bit of sense is that vince is forcing them to write like a, a, the latest rumor was disney it's like he's forcing these people to write like a disney version of wrestling right. because that's what he's trying to sell to for as much money as possible get out doesn't seem like a lot of people want to think that but i can't think of anything else that makes more sense yeah because this makes no sense right now what's going on in that company makes no sense it's just I find it very odd, too, though. You have a company that your father owned and that you own. Now, I don't know the inner workings of what's going on with him and his kids, but it's like – and then you start hitting the end of the road, and you're like, I'm fucking selling it. Well, he, you know, it's there's shareholders now that you have to answer. Yeah, to. I guess you got uh, a point, right? So it's just like – So if is, you sell the company, you might – part of the deal might be that you still have controlling stock. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're right. You're right. Like I said, I don't know the intricacies of it, so right. it just seemed odd to me. But when you say it that way, it makes sense. I mean, even he though – He only – I'm just – Go ahead. Looking it up, he only owns 38% of it, and right. I think he's got a little bit of a, a Fredo relationship with Shane. And he's probably, I don't know, maybe all it would take was a conversation with Steph. It's like, she's like, I don't really feel like doing this forever. Right. She's and got like, what, okay, three kids. She's got two kids, three kids, something like she's that. A fucking, she's a fucking Eisenhower fellowship member. Like, which is some big hoity-toity fucking super-duper person thing in the world. But, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's They definitely like, are not know, in a situation where they have to do this anymore. Not, and Triple H, if he wants to go work somewhere else, he can definitely get hired by anyone in a minute. Well, that's what I was. What I mean by that when I said that is I have no idea what that is, the Eisenhower Fellowship. But I'll tell you what, it ain't fucking Carney wrestling. It's bigger than that, is right, what I'm saying. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't like you're fucking running, oh, yeah, I'll go get this wrestling together. No, it's like, you know, you're up there with, like, you know – uh, well-respected heads of state and shit like that. It's right. just fucking, you know, so they're beyond it at this point. Yeah. This is the point I'm getting, trying to make. I'm failing miserably at it. No, you're not. Uh, also, sources came out that WWE has dissolved WWE Japan and WWE UK. Now, this is their WWE Japan JK. It's called GK and WWE UK Holdings. So, from what I could read, it was basically the offices over there that were to coordinate shows in the UK or Japan. And in Japan, 100 people lost their jobs because they dissolved mm. this. Does Kyrie, what's Kyrie Sane doing? Is she coming to, is she coming to AEW? Please tell me yes. Because she was over there. I don't know if she was working for Japan JK, uh, GK or not, but thoughts on this at all? Like, does this all tie into the possible sale? Yeah, like what that that's not I don't know, but when they set all this stuff up, it was like they're trying to build a global brand where they're they can compete with the biggest entities anywhere in the world. This isn't you know, what does this say? It just says that I'm trying to cut my operating expenses, my my right. headcount and my my inventory because that number looks better when I'm trying to get the highest number possible to come back to me to cut this thing. I don't give a fuck about if Disney doesn't want to run 
WWE Japan. They probably just want the the cleanest, most profitable thing. I don't know. I I, I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because I'm completely making this up. But that's all right. It's part of this is making it up. I mean, we we don't fucking know. I mean, it's, it's all guessing game here. That sucks. So 100 people. Jesus. Yep. In Japan, they had a, in their office, they had 100 people lost their job during a pandemic too. So who knows who, how, when, where, or how they're going to, you know. It's a shame. Um, Kyrie saying, come to AW, please. Thank you. Or go to that, go to show up on the big uh, stardom show. That'd be amazing. Shall we talk about that? It's almost getting, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's almost getting to a point with this stuff where there's like room for a third company because now all of the stuff that, like, there's so many people being cut by WWE, and there's so many people on AEW even at this point that aren't being used. I don't know if it's Ring of Honor tries to, to, get more of the market share but right. i was seeing like a guy like uh bronson reed i can't remember what is he's he's going by independently but it's like the, the are they going to go to AEW thing is almost becoming like like AEW is kind of a full house at this point yeah well we were we were also having this conversation the other day like we don't know how many of those people that we see on AEW, like you know in the background guys that we know that are working for them here and there we don't know how many of them are on contract. Yeah, they might not be under contract. They, they might, might not be under contract. They made, yeah, one-offs for them showing up, doing a show, being in the background in case anybody needs them there, blah, 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 blah. But you're going to see yeah. – you know, listen, I, I'll tell you, before AEW started back up, there was that period where the indies – the indies were really starting to flourish in the U.S. again before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, they, and when the indies started to flourish, w, and Jap, Japan got hot – and progress in British wrestling got hot. And then as soon as that started happening, what happened? WWE bought Evolve. They bought fucking – they started working with progress. They started WWE UK. And then New Japan was at its – like they were firing all cylinders. WWE Japan started, right? And now they're dumping all that stuff. Well, those guys will just go back to working the way they were. I mean like – I mean I don't know about – I don't know about the office people. Like they, I don't know. What yeah, the office people, I don't know. I'm talking about the talent. I'm, right. I'm specifically t- – who knows about that? I don't have any idea but the office now, people. Now, now, mind you, mind you, WWE UK Holdings doesn't mean that WWE UK, the show, is gone or UK, oh, okay, the okay. product, is gone. It just means okay. that they're not going to be holding any sh- – from what I could read, they were in charge of holding shows, promotional shit, shit like that. So WWE yeah. UK is still going to be on the network or whatever, however you watch yeah, it. Yeah, wherever I that airs. You watch that. I mean, but I would assume that they're trying to force. Yeah, that makes sense. And it might trying to force uh, interest in WWE UK. Well, remember, I think it's only Peacock where WWE is on. Um, it's only U.S. where it's on Peacock. I think yes, the network still exists in Europe, right? Everywhere so, else, yeah. Yeah. So it's like um, that, I'm sure that show's still on the network in Europe. I think or in it's the on UK. Peacock, but I, I, I is it? No I don't know who the fuck I mean, cares. Besides Mako Satomura, I don't want to watch that show. But what um, what I was saying was like they they you know I I used to go and watch like progress shows just to check them out online. Dude, those shows are fucking hot. There was a lot of people at those fucking things. There was a lot of people when we used to go to House of Hardcore. Not even the Impact ones, the ones before that. There was a lot of people in those shows. People went to them. And, you know, I'm sure they will again. You should be able – by the time this pandemic is like, you know, if things ever get back to normal and they're having shows like they used to have them, you should be able to go to wrestling at just about every major city in the United States every fucking week because that's how it was starting to get. Yeah, it was. And now mm-hmm. it's like – and then the WWE started taking pieces of everything, and then the pandemic hit. Uh, AW started, and then the pandemic hit, and it was like, oh, shit, you know, no shows. We can't do anything live. 
But I, I think you're going to see a lot of those guys that are in AEW that are like, you know, why are they there? They're not doing shit. They're going to go right back to doing the indies. We got to sell some NFTs and uh, open our own Fed. <laughs> That's what we got to do. Let's do it. South Philly poop wrestling. Where you just have to... gonna be, Why would it be? None of us live in South Philly. Why would it be South Philly poop? Oh, North Philly poop <laughs> wrestling. Something. Yeah. Okay. Shall we move on? I want to get into it. We're gonna have. You should figure out. See if we can get somebody to make a logo for South Philly poop wrestling. Yeah. Doo doo poops wrestling. <laughs> this is fucking North, North Philly. It's a stop. It's a no. So we'll do it South Philly because they got a wrestle in South Philly. Yeah. And we'll do a car driving through a stop sign without stopping and just poop splattered on the windshield. Yeah, that sounds like it. There you go. Tickets. There's the logo. Using tickets to wipe your ass because of the poops. Yeah. All right, should we move on to AEW? I was going to talk about New Japan, but I don't give a shit. So let's talk about AEW, okay? Dynamite. Yeah, you, t- got, you guys caught out Dynamite, right? So this uh, yeah. is, let's just get into the build-up to this show that we were forced to watch. It was so unenjoyable, according to WWE fans. Oh, wow. So we get the Proud and the Powerful versus FTR in a revenge match for FTR hurting their own arm on the turnbuckle. Brandon, what'd you think of this match? It was entertaining. I, I like FTR a lot. Uh, obviously, it takes a little bit more than a regular match for me to get into tag team. But besides the fact that Proud and Powerful went with the the lemur face paint, I thought that was a little bit strange. But I liked it. Uh, it, was, it, was a good, it was a good match. That's cool. Chris thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I wasn't when when FTR was uh, when they were in NXT. I enjoyed them. They went to WWE, and of course, they just started Weird. smothering you with the fact that they were like Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. They would not shut the fuck up about it. Hold on, pause. They gave one them, second. Pause. Yeah. Remember when they shaved their bodies, and that was like funny. Yeah. Well, that was we got to that, and then that that's when they were like. Good stuff. Yeah, it was hilarious. And the Usos were like, yeah, check it out. The shaving. Let's, make, let's mock people because we're good guys. So stupid. So weak. Like, and, and now they're gone. And they lost them. And they're probably better workers than 90% of WWE roster. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, in and out. Um, but what I was going to say is they kind of backed off the fact that I let them be themselves and backed off the fact that they looked like somebody else that you could watch on the network. Right. Check these guys out. They're just like the brain busters who were in WWF for like a week. Yeah. If you remember. Yeah. And it's like, they're just like Arn and Tully Blanchard. Give them their gear and keep talking about Arn and Tully Blanchard. People that haven't seen them will be like, I should get the network so I can watch Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. And then they come to, to, uh, to AEW. And I, I mean, they're, you know, they go back to just being themselves and they're, and they're fun to watch. And like you said, tag team matches are, Pretty much all exactly the same. So, I mean, I watched it. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. But I was in and out of the uh, telephono screen. El telephono screen. I really liked this match. I thought it was good. But it was, it was good, yeah. I take a little, it takes me a little bit to get warmed up. I'm usually, like, in transition when AEW starts, like, from, from the, from the uh, doing shit during the day. And then it's like, I'm closing the business as AEW is coming on. Like all the lights are getting shut off and all that shit. And I'm an old man zone. It's eight o'clock. I'm ready for bed. So how about, um, so Paul white comes out to confront, uh, QT and on, uh, Marshall, Alex Jones and, uh, Mr. Ass betrays him and hits him with a, uh, chair. Brandon. Are you excited for the upcoming Paul White 
No more BS versus Mr. Ass and his dirtbag kids. I think that's what they called him on the commentary. Brandon, Mr. Thoughts? Ass and his dirtbag kids. I have no idea why why this happened. It's just like what they didn't explain it. I'm assuming Billy Gunn just needs something to do and another old guy to. Does I don't he, know if they're doing tri- trios matches. And does he really? Gonna, do we really need to see Mr. Ass in the ring? I mean, the honest answer is no, but Mr. Ass needs to see Mr. Ass in, in the you. ring. So something's got to I guess. Chris, thoughts about Mr. Ass? Well, I'll tell you what. If they're gonna if they're gonna continually uh, if they're gonna have him out there with his kids and his kids are gonna be scumbags and they're gonna continually refer to his kids as his dirtbag kids, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, but that, that was. That I'm all me, for dirtbag kids. Yeah, and rotten those rotten kids of yours. That yeah. would be fine. Um, to me, it seemed like they didn't know how to make Paul White look like he can beat up all the QAnon and T. Marshall Jones's boys and still take the share shot. So they were like. Billy's not doing anything. Send him in there. That's the only thing that made any sense. Still made no sense. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, CM Punk, he has a promo. Mid-promo. He's attacked by 2.0 in, uh, what's his name, Garcia? Is that his name? Yeah, Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia. Right? Daniel Garcia. I thought it was fucking Daniel amazing. Garces. I love that they cut him off because he was in the middle of saying, you guys are going to get sick of me soon. I thought this is great. Brandon. Yeah, and then this was when you get uh, Sting and CM Punk clearing clearing the boys out. So that's a cool, you know, one of those odd things. If you rewind six months, you probably never thought in your wildest dreams you'd be watching. Uh, but I'm a little, I'm a little bit like confused why they're just throwing H2O and Danny Garcia like right to the top of the card with all these big names. I love not it. that I not, not that I don't like them, but it's they're a little bit goofy. It's like, I think. That they cut that Danny Garcia cut that promo on Darby Allen. His boy comes in from H two O and he's like, "You probably got punk on the mind." And then Daniel Garcia, Daniel Garcia is like, "What did he say? I'm gonna he's gonna twist your twist up his body in all the most painful ways." You're just like, "I love it. I, I mean, love it. Just well, two point oh is ridiculous." Yeah, I think I just find myself thinking about the amount of names that AEW has forced me to learn and I'm like where wh- what's different about these guys than the other 90 tag teams that you brought in now <laughs> Chris good yeah um first of all I'm a big fan I think that this was just a means to an end to get the match on Friday night yeah of course. Uh, you know what I mean it's just like they want to get I think they're big deals they want to get Daniel Garcia out there Daniel Garcia is awesome um so I I get why they did it but I think you're getting you're getting a little bit and, and we've always kind of got it. You're getting a little bit more of a week-to-week kind of promotion as opposed to telling stories like they're kind of figuring it out. It almost seems like as they're going along, like, uh, okay, what do we want to do? With, we want to get Danny Garcia out there, and we want to kind of, I guess, give him a rub so people will pay attention to his matches. All right, we can put him in there with – with with um, 2.0. Um, no, no, we'll put him in there with 2.0. We can put him in there with Darby Allen, and then we can get a main event out of him. But how do we do that? Okay, let's just jam them in there in the CM Punk thing, and they just dickheads that want to ruin it for everyone. I love that that they were but just I like they were that. basically just like, he, yeah, you're not going to get this is we're ruining all of this. They said yeah. it before they were going to do it, and then they ran in the ring and they tried to ruin it all. It was fucking yeah. great. I love it. Yeah, so I mean, but I enjoyed it, and I'm a big I I I I mean, they were in WWE. I never saw them, and now they're on this. I see them all the time, and I wasn't for you know. 
uh, Rick Martel slash Young Bucks dude mm-hmm. that uh, I didn't I thought he was a little too over the top. Like he was silly, but now it's grown on me. I fucking love it. He's an idiot. And it's great. So then we get uh, Tony Giovanni. He introduces MJF and MJF does this promo. Brandon, thoughts on this? I thought this was good, actually. I thought it was a pretty good promo. And I got a kick out of Shivani the whole time, just saying like he can't even. He wants to introduce him, but he's just like got to be one of the most despicable people he's ever met. That was great. Yeah. And, and uh, with all the bloviating coming out of MJF, he gets pissed again at the end and is like, I, I can't even listen any more of this shit. But this is what MJF is like. Every once in a while, he'll do one of these, and I'm I kind of go back in on him. I'm you know not in his fan club as much as most people seem to be, but I thought he did a really good job here. It was, uh, it did it like he built up the match in the sense that he's like talking up Chris Jericho, but also uh, how much he can't wait to just like squash his career. He's like an old loser. <laughs> Chris thoughts. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it. I'm having a hard time recalling this, to be honest with you. I ingested so much uh, um, AW over the last week. Uh, I am with Brandon, though. Like he. We, we talked about this when we did like our best of the year last year. And I said, I hated MVP. And then I started to love him because I realized I hated him because he was doing such a good job as a fucking heel. And, you know, I called him canned heel all the time, MJF, but he's, you know, I'm getting a kick out of it, especially since he's shitting all over Jericho and his fans. So yes. that, that, that gives me a little something to look forward to. Anything, anytime that I can get uh, a group of people that pretend that they know Fozzie lyrics and actually listen to Fozzie, um, Angry. Riled up. It, it, yeah, it'll it'll make me happy. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um. How about the picture and picture finish finish this week? So so I miss this because I watched the recorded version. They don't do the picture in picture, so uh, they just didn't even have it. So they just it was Orange Cassidy versus. Oh, that's question I mark. To, I don't know who the fuck he was. It was wrestling. Orange Cassidy versus. Oh jeez. I don't think it really matters. No, it doesn't really matter. So he ends up one of them guys. Orange Cassidy gets the pinfall in picture in picture. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute, what? Did they screw up? I think it's yeah. fucking a good move. It makes you want to, I guess, pay attention to our picture in picture. I'm still not going to well, pay attention. I'm going to be honest. Let me, all right, so let me ask you this. If you Have you ever watched in picture in picture? No, I've never watched a single minute in picture. All right, so the, 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 I, the reason why I'm asking this is because they do it on NXT too, right? So, like, the reason I'm wondering is, is every time they were doing it on SmackDown Raw, they were doing picture in picture for a little bit now. When they do it, and I have, because I'll just have the TV on, uh, when they do it, I find myself ended up, I, I end up, my eyes are drawn to the commercial as much as I don't want them to be. Well, it's huge and bright. That's and what I mean. Loud. Like, it, it, it does, am I the only one that, that, that that's working for? I mean, I would assume that that's the way it's engineered. It is. So, I mean, it's like, oh, the match ended in picture in picture. But I don't think, even if you have people sticking around, nobody's got their eyes drawn to that little tiny screen. And even if they do, it's being sucked away into the upper right or upper left-hand corner for the big commercial. Right. It's very strange. I mean, I guess the the mindset being, like I said, is that you know, well, you got to pay attention every minute. Yeah. Absorb all the commercials while you're staring at your at the tiny screen in the corner. Well, now it just it dawned on me too. What do they do at the second they come back? Oh, this match ended in picture in picture, and I didn't know it ended. 
because once again, I either started drifting away because we're you're 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 engineered to think that nothing's going to happen. The only reason they're putting picture in picture on is so you they might not they might be able to get you not change the channel for a few seconds. Right. But I, I ended go. up immediately going into the phone. Go ahead, Brandon. I got to go the other way on this one where it's like there's so much shit. You got to come to me. I'm not going to sniff out the, the picture in picture. Oh, yeah, of course not. Well, that's no, no, I, no. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I agree with you 100. percent I find it to be. I don't find it to be an, a a well thought out decision to do that, right? So, I was referencing Jimmy saying that he. I, I think he said that he liked it, but no, I like the idea that that they they uh, would do something like this to try to get you to watch it. But I also said I'm not fucking watching it. I'm not going to suddenly start paying attention to picture in picture. Yeah. <laughs> you get a, yeah, you get an A for effort, but it didn't fucking work. Yeah, if I'm watching it live, I'm walking in the other room and grabbing a club soda or something. You know I mean, I'm not fucking <laughs> – or a pint of ice cream. Yeah, yeah you're not going to make me the cream. fool for missing the, that roll-up on Jack Evans. Right, right. It was, it was Jack so Evans. It was right. Jack oh, Evans. Wow. Thank you. Because we were bitching about how bad Jack Evans was on Sunday night. Go ahead, Chris. Speaking of ice cream, I, I forgot to tell you this, Jim. I still do have water, water ice left in the uh, – in the freezer, and it probably because it melted and refroze, it's got the it probably has the crystalline entity crystal. on it. Just okay, so you know. Okay, Brandon, when you were a kid, all right, <laughs> all right let's go into this. We're, we're going to cut. Let's get into this. We're yeah. going to talk about this. Side when part. you were a kid, you know, you would get the Luigi's ice cream or Rosetti's, right, in the paper container with the wooden spoon, right, Brandon? Exactly. Yep. Okay. Well, they've converted at least Luigi's. They've converted mm-hmm. to a plastic cup, and now, and no wooden spoon. And now, when you get to the bottom, those old crystals that used to be there in the paper, they're not there anymore. In the plastic one. Do you know what I'm talking about, Brandon? The the bottom of the, like when it, it kind of had melted, and then it gets yeah, like, like the thick. Yeah, yeah, you get like the flavor settles at the bottom. You get these concentrated ice crystals of water ice. Of water ice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Almost like syrupy crystals, yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're not there anymore. Are you... Are you considering that an advancement or I'm a, considering a, that a, a, a oh, no, detriment. detriment? That was like the gumball in the bottom of like a gumball pop or something. Oh, like they, were, uh, they were they uh, were what were they, they called? called? Cannonballs. Cannonballs. You get the right, gumball in the bottom. Yeah, cannonballs. Yeah. That frozen ass friggin' gumball that would break the teeth. Terrible. I don't know. You wanted this is a revelation. I had them on Sunday and I was just like I hadn't this. had that I hadn't had that water ice in years, I don't have to, you know, I don't, you know, I don't go to the store and buy water ice. I go to the local water ice place and get it. I hated that. I was like, ah, oh, you were oh, anti left fr- Somebody the left the part. fridge open and it's that's like, pretty oh, much what it is. Slime at the bottom. Buy me, buy me <laughs> bone storm or go to hell. I love it. Uh, uh, Malachi Black does a big old promo. He's spooky, by the way. Very spooky. What'd you think? Yeah, he. Like I, th- I think there's room for that character. Like I like the the like super dark guy. I think that's kind of fun. But he has no like he's all he's all out. He's AEW all out all the time. Where this uh, Lee Johnson shows up in the ring for four seconds and he cuts a promo where he's like talking about putting coins over his over his dead body for the, the boatman of Hades. And it's yeah. just like I'm like all right. Like I don't know why we're this. This man about this, you're gonna, gonna you're gonna kill him. kill him over this like thirty second feud. That, that boat, that boat, that boatman's name is Sharon. Just Sharon, so you know. Sharon. So let's just roll that into Rampage. So Rampage, he 
We'll go back to Britt Baker in a second. So Rampage, he wrestles Lance Johnson. What's his name? Lee Johnson? Lee Johnson. Yeah. Lee Johnson. Lee, Lee Johnson gets some of his shit in, but, you know, Malachi Black beats the living shit out of him. And then um, Dustin Rhodes comes out for the big save. Uh, not really a big save. He just ran in a ring, and Malachi Black rolls out. Um, then he, I think Malachi Black starts talking about Dustin being a piece of shit or something. I don't remember. But so so we got Malachi Black just working through his the entire Rhodes family. Are we going to get another Dusty Rhodes versus Malachi Black at the end of this? Is this going to be the big, big payoff? Brandon, I'd like, like to Like the big brother had to step in. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I was confused by this whole thing, but they kind of rinse repeated what they did last week with Lee Johnson, but this time it was Dustin Rhodes, and then Dustin Rhodes cuts his promo where he's like, you've been sneaking up on people, but this time I'm coming right at you. And he goes, he goes reverse Bane on him where Bane told Batman, you've merely adopted the darkness. I was born in it. Well, he goes, you were born in the darkness, but guess what? I've adopted, I've adopted the darkness. And it's like, okay, where are we going here? This... <laughs> You're not sneaking. Like you, the last one wasn't as, uh, sneaking up on anybody. That was planned for a week. Now you got the same amount of time. So I don't... <laughs> Chris? So uh, I'll be honest with you. I like Malachi Black as a wrestler, but I start I tune out on him. Uh, and I think it's because of who he's feuding with. Yeah, of course. I mean, really, uh, you know, I mean, and here's the thing. We, we, uh, AW has done this now twice in the last month, two months, where it's like, okay, you're going to have a guy and he's going to work his way through everybody to get to the guy, but he beats up the leader first. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. To the point where he, he took a shoe off to retire. He took a shoe off. He's like, a guy beat me up so bad. Here's my sneaker. And then he, I, I still don't understand. Like, I, nobody could tell me. We've talked about this. Did he say, if I can't beat Malachi Black, I'll retire at any point? Or was he just being such a fucking baby? And he fucking Wait, who did he, did he lose to Malachi Black or did he lose to somebody else? Yeah, like Malachi that was Black? the first thing Malachi okay. Black did. They did the, 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 the storytelling of the black suit versus the white suit. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah spy, spy versus spy. Spy versus yeah, spy, spy. And then spy. he took a, then he was like, I don't want my sneaker anymore. So he took that off. <laughs> and Skiavone was in the ring with him. And then he, and then he, uh, but it's like he's like, his, AW has this thing where it's like the final boss is weaker than everybody else. Like right. It doesn't get harder as you progress. It gets weaker. I, it just doesn't make any sense. So what's the payoff? Like you said, the payoff is him and Cody Rhodes again. Because we already saw that. That was the beginning of this. Right. Cody's right? going to come back for revenge. And He's going to come out in the ring with me... carrying his baby. He's going to use yeah. his baby as a human shield against the well, kick. <laughs> Malachi Black wears that, like, deer skull yeah, thing that he's Lord got. Lord of the Hunt. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. He's got. He should wear. He's gonna wear his baby on his head. Oh my God! Just his baby's corpse. <laughs> his baby's skull over his face. Oh damn! That's a little eyes. ass skull though. Oh, he's got a pinhead. Oh, he's gonna kill his dog and wear his dog's head. There no, you go. Now kill the baby. Save the dog. Um. All right. Uh, they're gonna and they're gonna show that sequence on roads to the top. Yes. <laughs> Where they kill the baby and it's the dog. It's the killing the baby episode of Rose in the Top. <laughs> I'm down. I finally want to watch it. Yep. Um, so Britt Baker says, I've got the biggest free agent signing in AEW's history. It's a big surprise. Tony Schiavone, come back and, and talk to me. And then Tony Schiavone goes back and uh, they do. She does a little promo. And she says, the biggest signing they've ever had. Tony Khan has signed me to a five-year deal. 
<laughs> Excellent job, Brandon. I don't have I don't have too much on this. I was just kind of like, what are we doing here? Uh, <laughs> I liked it. I liked it because you know everybody you... was probably like, Adam Cole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I we'll we'll get to this later, but they they don't really. Uh, I guess nothing's a secret any, anymore nowadays. No, but tough, they yeah. they really hammer you over the head with what's coming for the most part with these things. So. Yeah. Chris, any thoughts on Britt Baker being excellent on the mic? Be excellent on the mic, crappy in the ring, and still be a great heel, man. Yeah. Not that she's that terrible, but, you know, I mean, it's whatever. All right, so uh, Miro's in the ring on Rampage, and he calls out Nick Exit. <laughs> <laughs> they go back and forth. They're, you know, he's saying, I know your weakness. I got all these friggin' suplexes and shit. And then he says, redeem, <laughs> redeem these nuts and runs into the ring. And probably one of the greatest pro wrestling moments of all time. Redeem these nuts and runs into the ring. And has a t-shirt for it now. Brandon Hoss. Immediately redeem these nuts. I mean, this is the best, right? Like, these two guys just rock. <laughs> it's uh, so good. They come, Kingston has this whole thing where he's, he's figured out that his Achilles heel is his neck. And then they... <laughs> And uh, he knows what his kryptonite is, and then they just cut right to Mira, who immediately, like, sincerely cracked me up more than I've cracked up watching one of these low-level comedy wrestlers in a while. When Miro just comes out and he's just like, Eddie Kingston talking about DDTs and kryptonites. And I, I love the little, like, foreigner with the throwing too many S's on the That's back of the purpose, way. yes. Yeah. And kryptonites, and I was like, "It's just so this guy just kills me." Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, is it? They, they're building up to their match. If, you, if you're going to try to throw a wedge or something in there for the TNT Championship in one week build, like they, they nailed that. Chris. Yeah, I mean, like earlier on when I was talking about like you know wrestlers and filling in the nuance and doing their little things that make the storyline awesome, that dude is a fucking master of it. Like, he is the epitome of what you should do to make your character, get your character the fuck over. Which you know one? what I mean? Rusev. Like, you know, Miro, he doesn't yeah, talk. Yeah, uh, Miro. Yeah, sorry. He doesn't talk. He doesn't talk like a fucking. He doesn't speak like that in real life. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. He knows, he, but he knows how to make fun of probably. That's probably how his dad speaks English if he speaks English. He's just like, fuck it. Yep, that's what I'm doing. And he's just amazing at it. And like you say, it's like comedy wrestler. This is a comedy wrestler who's just so goddamn good in the ring. And the comedy isn't waka waka. It's these little tiny things he does. It's just if you pick him up, you're just like, look at this fucking asshole. Yeah, I think the- he told you he told the story of when he broke his nose uh, in WWE and rolled out and said to somebody, Oh, handsome Rusev, no more. And the announcers were like, couldn't not fucking laugh. They're like, you know, try not to laugh at this asshole. So I love the dude. He's so much fucking fun, man. Yeah, the two of them together are amazing. All right, so also, we we've on. talked about this before, uh, like insults or, or words that they make their way around. And they get to this point where they're so far out of the lexicon that it's like it makes it funny to use them. I think D's nuts is kind of like oh, kind of like getting to that point where you just put it's yeah, so that's like, what it was. So like 2001, like, mm-hmm. dude, yeah, D's nuts. Let's back it up to 1993. Right, right. The Chronic 1993. That was the first time I heard D's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I mean, come on. And we were talking. I was talking about this with a buddy of mine, and he was like. I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's so, it's so old. I mean, maybe if he said, what is he, what is he, what, what did it say? Uh, um, what, is, what was he called? I, I'm drawing a blank here on what the shirt said. Uh, 
Redeem these nuts. Redeem, redeem. Because he's, he's the redeemer. He's yeah. He's I couldn't think of the word. He goes, I don't know, man. I mean, these nuts kind of old. It would be a little bit. I would have liked it a little bit better if it said redeem this dick. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Yo, I don't know if they can shout that one on fucking TNT every week, though. All right, shall we move on to the pay-per-view? A little pay-per-view happened this week. Did it? It did. Let's go with the uh, pre-show. Marco Stunt, it was a little pay-per-view. Marco, uh, Marco Stunt right. was in the entire show. Uh, so we <laughs> found out last week that um, Andrade El Idolo and Pac was canceled because of travel. Uh, real quick, the... Uh, Try to play it in that, that uh, Chavo Guerrero is the reason why that he canceled for American Airlines. He called American Airlines and canceled Pac's fight or his flight, so he couldn't fight. That was a promo. So there you go. That was off the show. And uh, uh, in the pre-show, we got a 10-man ten, ten tag match. It was the best friends, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor with Wheeler Yuta against Jurassic Express with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And they beat... Uh, doesn't matter. This this was it was a fun match. It was a good warm up, but um, you know whatever. They were just trying to fill some time. Go ahead, Brandon. I'm grilling hot dogs at this time. I I peeped in. I had it on my phone. I peep in for about thirty seconds. I just see this like chain submission, goofy wrestling thing happening. I'm like, I uh, I got enough wrestling ahead of me. I don't think I need to, to pay too much attention to this one. That's my analysis of this ten man tag. Chris, what do you think of this match? I think we were eating um, chicken and uh, and yeah, we were eating chicken when it came on the TV downstairs. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'll be I'll be honest with you, I don't remember anything about this match, but I will tell you this: I think that that's a fucking fantastic way to do a pre-show. Yeah, Still a giant tag match, uh, tag match of dudes you're not going to see later. Because I mean, you know, uh, you know, if, if I go to AEW. I want to see Orange Cassidy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not a huge Orange Cassidy guy, but I'd be like, oh, shit, we didn't get Orange Cassidy tonight. I'd be kind of bummed, right? So, um, but, um, yeah, I think they, I think that's the perfect. And, honestly, I don't think that the Battle Royal is good for that spot. I think that ba- Battle Royal should have been on the main card anyway hmm. because you're talking about a number one contender. First of all, that is their gimmick match of gimmick matches. That's their Royal Rumble is that Casino Battle Royal, right? Yeah. So, Great. Put that on the main card, man. Make people get excited for that. Because, like, we talk about it, but it is a cool concept. It's a Royal Rumble that doesn't take forever because people come in, what, five at a time, right? And it's it wasn't terrible. So I'm glad that they moved that to the mid card. I think that would have been a it would have it would have I think uh, everybody was it was for the better. If yeah. that makes sense. We'll talk about everybody that match benefited from the switch. Yeah, but everybody benefited from that switch. And that's a good thing, like all the dudes wrestling in a match that doesn't really mean anything is the one that you want to walk to your seat and see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it was a good move, but I didn't watch it. And I think we were just bullshitting about things when that came on. Yeah. You asked who Wheeler Yuta was. That's the only thing I remember about this match, really. Yeah, because, well, you know, here's the thing. I can't remember who the other best friend is. It's, uh, That's how much I care about them. What's his name? Uh, Chuck Taylor and who? The fuck's his name? Kip Sabian? Is that no, 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 no. Kip no. Sabian's a heel. Kip Sabian was, uh, Miro was the best man. Who is that? I know who it is. Oh, that's right. I've got his face in my head. His mom. I can't even picture Trent, his face. Trent. Trent. Uh, Trent Beretta. Oh, Trent Beretta. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. His mom with the middle finger, which is probably one of the greatest things in wrestling history. Trent Dilfer comes out, wins Trent the Dilfer. Super Bowl, gives everybody a middle finger. Yep. All right. Uh, dude, the mom with the evens. Yeah, his, mom was, right. his mom's pretty cool. First match on the uh, card, main card, for the AWTNT Championship. 
Miro defeats Eddie Kingston via pinfall. Brandon, go ahead. So you guys got to take this one because I was in the DMs on Twitter, searching and lurking, looking for a to avoid pulling my credit card out till uh, somebody by the name of Gilbert came through with a, a a secret link on Twitter, and I was able to get the rest of it. But uh, right when it, I finally got it, it was at the end of this match, so I I pretty much missed it until the uh, guest appearance at the end. Go ahead, Chris. I'll let you go then. Uh, yeah. So this match was a lot. I really enjoyed this match. Um, <laughs> Uh, it just got really fucking puzzling at the end um, in a in a league, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, that the referees just let fucking everything go. Uh, the referee steps in between Miro and Miro getting thrown into the exposed turnbuckle, and it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, it's made no th- that made no, no sense. sense. This was a great match. It was a this lot of fun. This was a great match. With Eddie it, Kingston yeah. and Miro beating the living shit out of each other, and then in the show where referees don't do anything about anything. Uh, which one was it? Remsburg? I think it was, yeah. Remsburg decides he wants to protect Miro from the exposed turnbuckle. It was fucking stupid. That was stupid. But this it's match just, itself a bad, was it's fun. A, it was a great match and a bad finish. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times, uh, you know, you watch Either you movie. don't care about the rules or you care about all the rules. There's yeah. no middle ground. You can't and I, switch back and forth. I told you, man, you could have used that. You could have used you still could have used that um, that um, that finish is if at the beginning of the pay-per-view or whatever, you have either Tony Khan or one of the announcers talking about how Tony Khan has gotten sick of all these referee, all these double teams and all this interference. And he's told all the refs that they have to follow all the rules or there's going to be repercussions for it. And if you do that, it takes you two seconds. And now you've explained why that happened at the end of the match. Right. It made no sense. Because then that, you're going to go to other matches sense. where everybody interferes the whole fucking time. So the yeah. rules only applied for this moment, which makes it all yeah. the reason yeah. thrown in the toilet. It was stupid. And and you could also run the storyline where even if it starts there and this guy gets in the way and he does his job, but as the then you just go and do your regular shit. Then you have Tony Khan, you know, start the show or at some point in the show you have Tony Khan like, oh, we have video of a referees meeting and Tony Khan's just yelling at everybody, right? right? Like, yeah, it's also have to just start doing your jobs, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Boom! All right, you've explained everything. It's really not that hard, man. He's all but all up and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, Eddie Kingston got fucked out of uh, the last pay-per-view. He lost the opening match because the referees weren't paying any attention to anything. Mm-hmm. But what he did, he's this poor guy. The referees only care about what he's doing. Yeah, I know. Poor Eddie Kingston. I did say there's no middle ground. There's plenty of middle ground. But you can't pick one side and then immediately go to the other side and then right. say, like, oh, these are the rules. I would love middle ground. That would be amazing. That would make this all make sense. Next up. Singles match. John Moxley defeats Satoshi Kojima in a perfectly good match. Brandon, good. Yeah, the, uh, this I, I did want to say real quick on that last one. I, I think that they did that weird finish because that's not going anywhere, and I, Eddie Kinkin is going to be that TNT championship at some point in yeah, the near future. Same, I, think I think he's, he's going to be the one. Again. But uh, yeah, this was good. I mean, it was exciting. It was cool to see Satoshi Kojima. It's a you know, the right spot on the card for something like this, where it's just like, oh, cool, look, there he is. I can't believe I'm watching him fight John Moxley on the AEW pay-per-view. Decent match, uh, hard-hitting, and then, uh, you know, that's pretty much all I got on it. The, not the most memorable thing in the world, but... Chris, thoughts? 
Yeah, same thing. Perfect spot for it, right? Um, like I said, you got. I think you know he's another one. Mox, uh, you know, not, I'm not a huge Mox fan. Um, you know, like not to where I dislike him, but where it's like he's not one of the driving forces for me watching the program. I know whatever he's going to do is going to be is going to be awesome. But um, he, uh, you get him on the card, right? Um, and he's in the perfect spot. Um, he's not first, so you still have people maybe showing up, so they'll catch him second. And um, you get uh, Kojima in in the U.S. on U.S. television, and that was fucking awesome. And the dude can fucking work. So, you know, and that was it was entertaining, just entertaining enough is exactly what you wanted to wanted it to be. You knew what the result was going to be and you still didn't care. Yeah. You know, you still were entertained by it. Then one of the biggest pops of the night music hits. Minoru Suzuki comes down to the ring and then John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki start beating the living piss out of each other. It ends with uh, Minoru Suzuki putting John Moxley into the God style pile driver. Then he trots off to face him this week, tomorrow. John Moxley yeah. versus, uh, versus um, Minoru Suzuki on AEW Dynamite. Brandon? Did, did they set that in stone already? Yeah. That that's happening? Yes. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Happening. That's what I was going to say. I was like, please just give me that immediately. I, I, I he's do probably like going to start the show. He, John Moxley's matches, usually his, his singles well, matches are usually start the show. Yeah, they're going to get the pop um, for either. It, it'll you know I, One of the two, because like you just said, I figured it would be the main event because they're in Cincinnati. But, oh, right, uh, right there in mid Yeah, so, so yeah, but yeah, you yeah. also got that ridiculous pop if it starts it off because they're yeah. going to be waiting for it. So it depends on what they, whatever way they want to do it. Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, both a good spot. Um, I will give John Moxley credit, though, in this. He's kind of written out of the storyline after he lost to Omega enough, and he's uh, using this time where he's not going to be a part of any title picture to do cool shit and bring over, like, that's a good point. Legends. That's a really good exciting point. Exciting matches. So. And uh, he won the, you know, GCW title, he that too. Showed up with a hood on his head, uh, beat uh, <laughs> beat a whoop whoop guy, and um, now he's the GCW champion. He's facing Nick Gage. Was that at the showboat? No, I don't know where it was. No, it looked like it was in a fucking was. barn. Is where it looked like. It looked like an <laughs> aluminum barn. I don't know where the fuck that was. Oh my god. Yeah. Exciting stuff though. We got uh, Minoru Suzuki on U.S. television. It's fucking amazing. All right, uh, singles match for the AEW World, Women's World Championship. Dr. Britt Baker. Oh, can I just say something? I'm sorry, I didn't get to say something about that. I did oh, notice okay, something happened. Nah, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Hey, Brandon pretty much covered everything I wanted to say, but I just noticed the best part, and you and I noticed it when they were doing that match. It just popped in my head. When, when Suzuki came out and Jim Ross, it, his name was on the fucking screen. Who is that? Right? And he was like, I don't know who is this. I can't recognize him. I can't recognize him. See, I was uh, I were Paul Bach. You see, <laughs> we didn't want these people. Where we don't had the screens, so I had to know everybody. I don't know him. But no, he goes, who? Where, I don't know who this is. And behind him, it says the King Minoru Suzuki. Giant white letters. <laughs> Turned around, yeah. you fucking boob. I do like that That's they use the, <laughs> the New Japan videos, though. It's pretty cool. It's straight from New Japan. It's not like they made their own. And they get the New no, Japan I, music too, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, I forgot to mention this. The uh, John Moxley gets his elbow pretty busted up. First elbow he hits Minoru yes. Suzuki with. Minoru Suzuki's got blood all over his neck and face. And being Minoru Suzuki, he fucking licks it and then hits him back with an elbow. Well, you know, it's funny, too. Like, I'll, I'll tell you what. So, 
I noticed it with because Minoru Suzuki not not a young man. Fifties, yeah. No, he's in his fifties, right? When he comes out, he looks like a badass. When he comes out and he's shirtless with pants on, he looks like he's in his fifties. Yes, he does. He yeah, he does. Like Dad got up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 don't you kids like, just shut the hell up? Don't don't oh, touch my juice. Shut up! I'm sleeping. Yeah, right. <laughs> I need my bro. Where's my brown? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, singles match for the AEW World. You think they're fighting because John Moxley was listening to Lamb of God too bit too loud in the back, and he woke him up. And he was pissed. That's yeah. why he's coming out. Turn that yeah. shit off. I told you, I'll, I'll touch these. These are mine. I'll touch the remote. Who touched the thermostat? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm sorry. Britt Baker, DMD, with Jamie Hayter and Rebel in her corner, defeated Chris Statlander with Orange Cassidy via submission. Pretty good. It's probably Britt Baker's best match as a champion. Chris Statlander's a worthy opponent, and I think as if you're like a heel champion, you need everybody needs that match where you're like, there's the biggest, best that you got. Just just beat them. What's next? And it kind of looms over. You know, then for a, a, another worthy opponent to build their way up. So, uh, yeah, it was B plus to me. Yeah, I thought but, it was good. Chris. Yeah, I enjoyed this too. I I, um, uh, I I really enjoyed the fact that she was outside the ring and she couldn't get up. And Orange Cassidy started actually you're talking about Chris, Chris Statlander. You're talking about right? Chris Statlander. Sorry, she yeah, she being Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander's outside the ring. And Orange Cassidy starts screaming at, at her, and everybody just goes nuts. He's got his hands out of his pocket. Get up! Mm-hmm. And she actually got up, went back in the ring. Um, yeah, I mean, this was entertaining, right? I mean, definitely the best championship match that Britt Baker's had. And um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, she, I liked that it was slower, and she was able to take her time, and she didn't have to put in too much cardio because Britt Baker doesn't look so great when she's putting in too much cardio. Oh, God, man. I, You know. I, I've seen that video or heard when she gets hurt. I've seen that. That woman just looks like she puts her just in so much pain. Right. At some point in every match, she looks like she's just going to like. I'm pointing specifically you know, at that Hikaru Shida match where she just looked like she Ugh. was fucking completely gassed. So. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I am I kind of was giving her. We gave her. I gave her a break on that one because I think she just went into that Jacksonville heat and was like, what the fuck? And yeah. her body just quit. Right. But yeah. That was smart by Orange Cassidy, too. Like. That was a nice little touch for him to be like, hey, when I'm performing, I don't show emotion, but it is there. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm not the one who has to be on my game. All right. Next up, steel cage match for the AW World Tag Team Championship. The Lucha Bros, the Lucha Brothers, Penta El Zero Miedo with uh, Ray Phoenix and Alex <laughs> Abrahantes defeated the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, with Brandon Cutler via pinfall. Brandon. Holy shit, man. Uh, good use of the steel cage here. I perp- intentionally, you know, selfishly skipped their trios match. I don't know if it was on Rampage or Dynamite because I Dynamite. saw it. And I'm, yeah, I, I don't I don't want to. I already got to watch this. I'm not a huge tag guy. Um, my God, man. Uh, they got me. You know, I, I, I generally start off not wanting to watch the Young Bucks, but I got really into this. Uh, crazy ass spots. Ray Phoenix diving off the top of that steel cage. Nuts, not safe at all. Um, the shoe with the with the tacks in it was crazy. 
I don't know. Penta looked like he got. I, I wish he didn't have the mask on because it looked like he got cut bad. Like yeah. he was had a red mask on underneath his mask. Um, and then they they did it. The the young bucks fucking gave it gave it up. Thank God. So you know that they, in that sense they did a great job of like me me as a fan really wanting them to lose, and you know was genuinely excited for Lucha Bros when they won and the crowd was going nuts for the yeah they were losing Bros. their shit. Their it was fucking awesome. Yeah. I don't know what was up with that third guy. I don't know, like that—that that was kind of a weird wrinkle, I guess, because they wanted to get Brandon Cutler out there. But Alex Abrahentes, hes their translator. He's always out there. Uh, Penta, does a, Penta does a promo. Come on, come on. Penta does his promo, and then Alex Abrahentes translates it. This is your baby. Penta—Penta usually talks for himself. I feel like. I don't and then know. that dude translates and says, "Penta said." You don't remember. I must just be. I must just be so excited by what Penta said that I tune out whenever this other guy comes on to, to, to have translate. Dude, I've said it. A, I've said it a million times. Guy can hardly speak English, and he cuts the best promos in, on, for an, in, on an English television uh, wrestling show that there are. Yeah, Chris, go ahead. Thoughts on this? You're telling me Alex Abrahantes is out there every time, every, every week, single time, every week, every they do time. A promo. He's right next to him. He's been there forever. No that, he's I not always him. wearing all red with giant red sneakers. But, yeah, maybe it was because he had this like club guy outfit on. That well, was... I call no, I call it. What was I call him? I call him Rich Motorcycle Guy. Yeah, Rich Motorcycle Guy. So he's the dude that you see, Nerdy Motorcycle Guy. Yeah. He was the dude that you see that owns like he shows up and he's like got all. Yeah, you see these guys. It's just they don't look the part, but they got all the really expensive motorcycle gear. Right. And it's usually sport bike guys. It's not mm-hmm. Harley guys. Sport bike guys, and they show up and they got like pants with the knee pads attached to them and the jacket with the elbow pads and it all matches yeah. I'm like hey how you doing I got my Ducati outside you know what I mean it's just that was that was uh, that's when I see that dude that's what I think of. Um, I'm impressed with myself that I that I watch so much of this shit and I managed to tune out every second that I, I don't care about that I'm just like what is this guy he's only been on the show Nike, every week Nike for Air like Max six months <laughs> go ahead Chris uh, while you guys were talking, I went and put this down on the match of the year list. Yeah, good job. Yeah, because this was fucking amazing. I really enjoyed it. There was a few times where I thought I was going to be really disappointed. And they won. There was a situation with his kids afterwards that was just amazing. The intro with the live the music intro. intro was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I had to look out like like, uh, like the other guy. I had dude? to look. Who is this dude? He was just a <laughs> just a rapper. But it was like, yeah, it was fantastic, man. Um. I had my uh, lucky Penta El Cero Miedo uh, action figure next to me on the couch. So Chris, Chris was whispering, up, whispering, whispering here, you got this the whole match. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, man, this guy became a dude that nobody knew who he was, and then did Lucha Underground and just fucking has been consistently been, you know, within wrestling circles, probably regarded as probably the most enter fucking taining dude in professional wrestling since that first season of Lucha Underground. Mm. You know, I mean, I, people knew who he was, but a majority of American wrestling fans outside of maybe the West Coast did not. And that dude was just fucking amazing. I'm so glad he's there. And um, I'm glad that they won. It was the right fucking move. Um, and Jimmy and I were saying it. You knew as soon as the cage dropped down, you're like, fucking Penta is going to bleed all over the fucking yeah, place. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It, yeah, it was like. He did. And then when he, and it, it looks even worse because he fucking, his mask gets ripped and he's got those fucking white contact lenses in. 
So he's got these big white eyes and this blood running down his face. It's just insanity. His but kids are dude, screaming like it's fucking crying. Like it's, like it's, like it's oh, cactus jacket and busted over the head with chairs. They're bawling and he's just saying yeah. it's okay. And he's hugging them, telling them to come to ringside. And then the directors and the, the referees are like, you got to go to you got to go to the back. But he doesn't give a shit. The kids come out. He bleeds all over his fucking kids. His kids are bawling. His wife's there. He kisses the wife. The kids all go away. This was fucking perfect, this match. It was yeah, amazing. this was excellent. The right guys won. Yeah. This was fucking well done. Hey, props to the Bucks for giving it up for the, to these guys. Yeah. They didn't have to lose. You know what I mean? We didn't think anybody was going to lose. So it was like, well, I'll tell you what, man. Yeah. I Like we talked about before, if if they didn't lose the title in the cage, and, and, and AEW storytelling sometimes, so it you know, would have made sense. If they didn't lose the title without the interference, there was no interference. So if they had lose the title without any, uh, uh, I'm sorry, let me reset. If they had retained the title without having uh, any interference from the outside, then what the fuck was the point of the last of six all months? Of what was the point? Right? Of like, what's the point? You can beat everybody yeah. without interference. Why have interference? I looked? I don't even care. Why have I looked at fucking Gallows and Anderson? Every week for fucking six months, if they didn't need them, I've looked at fucking Gallows' fucking stupid red head for fucking six months if I haven't had to. So I'm glad it worked out well. It was great, great fucking match. Yeah. Brandon, final thoughts on this match? No, I mean, I, as much as I complained about the Young Bucks dragging the title out for so long, that was the right team to lose it to. Those guys have a certain charm that you can't really get from anyone else that when they want it was like more emotional. And like when they cut to their family and stuff, you're, you're like, wow, this is, this was the biggest moment of the night for me personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was the most like emotion inducing night uh, moment of the night. So one, one, one thing that I, I noticed watching the show is that, you know, that crowd, the AW crowd, they're, the difference between crowds, so the AEW crowd and the WWE crowd, WWE crowd's always trying to hijack the show, they want their guys to win, you know, this person deserves it, and all that bullshit. AEW crowd is more of this um, indie wrestling crowd that plays along with the story, where you boo the bad guys and you cheer the good guys. So when the Young Bucks started, they pulled the chair, at the, 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 the shoe out with the fucking tax, the whole crowd starts booing them. Yeah. They love the Young Bucks because they love AEW. And to love AEW, you have to love the Young Bucks, right? But the characters, the Young Bucks, they fucking hate because they're the bad guys in the show. Yeah. And it all started booing them. It was fucking great, man. I kind of wish we were there. No, it was, really, it was because of COVID. It was, it, was funny you, it was funny you bring that up because today when I was trying to watch NXT, I was because we talked about this oh, on Sunday. God, their fucking crowds are the worst. So, so right back to what you were talking about. When we were watching NXT today... Um, they had it was uh, Beef Wellington and uh, and Tommaso Ciampa and half of the crowd was going let's go Beef and the other one was going let's go Ciampa. Nobody in that fucking crowd cares about that other dude. Everybody in that crowd's a fucking Tommaso Ciampa fan. They all are. They always have been. Yeah. They're just doing it so they can be like, oh god, TV. You hear me? I'm the one saying that. <laughs> Come over to my house and put it on Hulu and I'll play. Was it on Hulu? Better been. Who went on Hulu? Oh, fuck, get rid of my fucking Hulu subscription. Well done. Yep. Thank you. I haven't been here. I was in here last inside, week. Inside the mind of an NXT fan right there. <laughs> I remember said, oh, you change, you change the logo. And fucking see that logo. Well, thanks, Vince. 
And then there's uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me let me just do some other uh, a majority of Go ahead. WWE. The stage fans. is yours. Yeah, let's do a, a majority of WWE fans. Okay, you had that one, and then you have um, they always are for making good guys never win, and I losing for them in the show. Then there's that guy, yeah. and then you have 15. I'm lonely. DMs, please. <laughs> I, I I sat there and read the WWE because that's how I find out what's going on at WWE is just through Instagram. And I read, <laughs> I was reading the, the comments to my wife. Just first comment, DMs, please. Second comment, I'm naughty. Want to talk? Third comment, I have made. $14 million and bought the car of my dreams. DM me. I'll tell you how. <laughs> They're so collapsed with bots. Bots. Bot rules. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's do it. 21-woman casino battle royale for a future AEW Women's World Championship match. We have 21 women. The Joker comes out last. We predicted it last week. Although I said something different just to try to be different. But we knew it was going to be Ruby Soho. It was pretty pretty transparent who it was going to be. She shows up. She's got Rancid playing for her. Chris was at Rancid last week. It was Destiny. Ruby Soho wins. She eliminates Thunder Rosa. Brandon, thoughts? Yeah, What did I remember from this? I, I do tend to tune these out. There were there were big This was also, I mean, uh, just, to, just to chime in real quick. This, this was also directly after the that fucking insane cage match. So this was a it was 20 oh, it was 22 minutes. So the first half of this was people running to the bathroom because they just sat through a 22 minute death match pretty much. So it was right. a little dry at the beginning, but go ahead. Tough spot. Um yeah, there I remember there were booing when Hikaru Shida and Rio got eliminated. Uh poor Layla Hirsch got fired out of the, the ring onto Onto a, like a, a couple people by Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill was having some. Uh, she tweeted out last night. She was having some like wardrobe malfunction. She was, yeah. We noticed. It like, we thank God it. for the nipple. Yes. Yeah. I had said that it looked like her chicken cutlets were about to pop out. Yeah, they were. <laughs> she was. She dumped them out on us, but the, she, they covered the, they covered her nipples. So, Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, we we get Ruby Soho. I think it makes sense. As far as like you might as well just maximize on her the excitement of her coming from WWE and just throw her right to the top of the title thing and they had the right characters there at the end with uh, Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose I think Nyla were the Rose, last three yeah. if I remember correctly yeah, yeah Nyla Rose was chucking but, everybody that everybody liked uh, Riho got one of the biggest pops thank you very much I love Riho and um, Hikaru Shida went out really quick and everybody started booing the shit out of everything as soon as she got eliminated. Um, she, Which is a good react, the appropriate reaction, yeah. right? But I've been watching on and off dark, uh, dark and dark elevation just to watch my favorites, and she's been kind of heelish. So, oh I, yeah, yeah, I think she might be. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but her being a heel would be fucking amazing. I'd like to see that side of her character. Chris, you got thoughts on this? I mean, you know, I, worst kept secret in professional wrestling, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think one of the good things, we were talking about it before, too. One of the good things about AEW is they kind of know that. You know what I mean? And when you tell a joke and the people still laugh at and it's obvious and people still laugh at the punchline, it's a good fucking joke. So people are still excited to see it. 
um, I was doing when you guys were doing. I was listening to the podcast last week, and I was like, man, I, you know, I was saying, I would assume it's going to be rancid. Um, was going to be her, her. Now, I mean, the only bad thing is, and I feel bad for him, is Dave Meltzer has uh, has um, the song Earwormed in his head. I feel very bad for him. Maybe you know, Chris, is that your Tamagotchi? What is that? Yes, that is actually my Tamagotchi. <laughs> Sorry about that. That was my 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 washing machine is one of these washing machines that continues to spin every few minutes if you don't take the clothes out so they don't get stank. Yeah. And after a while, it basically just goes, fuck you, I'm not spinning anymore. Get these clothes out of me. And that was that noise just going off. So. Well, why don't you run and go get your clothes out? No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. I'll do it. <laughs> this was good because by the end of it, everybody was into it. You could tell everybody got back to their seats. Yeah. yeah can I, oh, can I say something real yeah. quick, though? Ruby, Ruby Soho um, goes to NXT uh, from the Indies, I guess. Yeah, um, she was she was Linda Lovelace, I believe her name. Linda Lovelace. She goes to the indie. She goes to NXT. She is immediately pretty much thrust to the top of the scene because she's that fucking good. Mm-hmm. All those matches between like her and who else was involved in those? I think it was her and I, um, Io Shirai was involved in it, and whoever. Ember th- Moon, I think, was involved. Ember in Moon. There was a bunch of like triple threats with them where she was flying off of stuff, but like she's one of these people, and I I I, I love it. Uh, Io Shirai does it. She never half-asses her jump off of shit. She goes flying through the air like a fucking lunatic. Mm-hmm. Um, used to bartend on South Street, I believe. So you know, give her a little Philly cred. Nice. But um, yeah, she's. I'm really excited. I was glad. I I, I always felt that they that they kind of um they they I not the WWE too much. But they they did their thing where they brought all the women up at the same time from NXT and they factioned them. Yeah. And the factions made no sense. And then eventually they kind of fleshed out and they got a little bit better. But, yeah, I never really think that we got what we should have gotten from her. I know she got hurt a couple times, but I'm glad she's over there, you know, because they need to. You know, we always talk about, like, oh, they don't showcase a lot enough of their female talent. Let me tell you something. Some of their female talent isn't all that talented. And not because they're bad, but. Look at uh, look look at Layla Hirsch. Layla Hirsch is like 22. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Jade Cargill's like a year in the business. Uh, yeah, like so. Velvet I mean, Sky all... fucking sucks or whatever her name is. Yeah. Velvet Velvet Red Velvet Cake. She sucks. Yo um, yo, can yeah. we talk about that? Yeah. Well, let's talk about a couple things. First of all, first of all, okay, so Rio gets eliminated by falling through the bottom rope. That she was eliminated. Didn't see it? Yes, I, I saw her go through. I thought she was going to come back in, and then I was like, wait, did she get eliminated? Bottom rope, she went through and Rio's, counted her out. Um, Rio's ring gear gives me anxiety. I can't wash her with those like frilly gloves and stuff. It. it just gives me anxiety. I don't know why I hate it so she's much, but I, she's awesome. So she's awesome. And uh, Velvet Sky couldn't go over there. <laughs> Velvet Sky, who moves, what's her name? It's not Velvet Sky. Red Velvet Cake. Yeah, it's Red Velvet. Red Velvet moves so fast, never slows down, flies all <laughs> over the place, and then couldn't get over the top rope when she got eliminated. She got thrown over the top rope by probably neither Penelope Ford. Oh, Penelope Ford, yeah. Penelope Ford ripped her to throw over the top rope and she just caught it like right under the neck and didn't go over the top. But at one point <laughs> she got thrown into the corner and she landed so hard her face was like, ah! Yeah. Just like, this is, this, this is the one person that you can't watch them because when they bump, they look so oh ridiculous. God. She's almost like must-watch TV when you watch that one. You know she's on. She, she's so ridiculous. She's so bad. 
everything's so fast and <laughs> over the top, and she's always talking, and you, she's always really close to hurting herself or someone else. Oh my god! Brandon, any thoughts? Oh, respect, respect to Velvet Sky though for last week probably being the story of the week with that backflip where she landed on her head and just being like, all right, I got a, a huge crowd here in the ring. Like I, all I have to do is just like get back on my feet mentally and just not make a major fuck up. And she's like, just zero chill. Just like, <laughs> somehow fucks up real bad. Like a battle yeah. royale. It doesn't really get eliminated. There's like, yo, you got to get out of here. We got too much shit coming. Miles an hour. She runs. <laughs> Dude, she came flying in there. She was throwing forth. She, she, when she took that bump in the corner, I think it was. I don't know, man. But I saw her go down. I was like, oh, my God. I started, I just it's going to fucking die. Yeah, we were laughing our asses off. Um, also, Anna Jay's back, and she got an action figure design, and her action figure has a giant ass like she does. Congratulations to the action That's figure. That's a company. shame. Chris is yawning. We're boring him. Sorry. No. The party you know that's. You know that Velvet Sky walked back and was like, God, I did it again. I fucking did it again. I, I can't <laughs> slow down. Why can't I slow down? I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I wrestle on. hard, goddammit. I wrestle fast. I wrestle hard. <laughs> Wrestling is hard. It is hard. That's why. It is very hard. That's why, it's called, that's why we're called what we are. Singles match. Jericho loses. He would have to retire from in-ring competition. Chris Jericho defeated MJF via submission. The sixth match of the five-match trials of Jericho. <sighs> Brandon, go ahead. And when it's midnight and this thing's still going on, you're like, this this didn't, this didn't, really didn't need to happen. This could have happened two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy's made the joke in the past about MJF's like, shitty haircut. And it's yeah, like you're supposed to be the rich guy. And you just look like you're you got a ten dollar haircut. You told us that yeah, funnier yeah, than yeah. I. I Somebody cut his hair in the back. Yeah, it looks like again, Kobe did. I like the countdown Jericho little thing. That was great. But he comes out with this fucking cape on that looks like it came in a plastic bag at Halloween Adventure. We already like, have royalty. Emmy Sakura wore the same cape. Did he say, "Let me try that thing on"? We've got two people with capes now. Yeah, it's just fuck? like you can't. I will, yeah. You know, I like I said, I will give WWE credit. You don't get two people with fucking capes in WWE. Yeah. You don't get two people with the same fucking first name right. in WWE. The yeah. cape is a pretty big thing in pro wrestling. Yes, we've, it we've, is. We've You're... seen a lot of extravagant capes. You can't come out as the rich guy in like a twenty dollar cape, man. It's like a, <laughs> it's like got that weird fuzzy, like it just looked like it looked like a came Halloween adventure from the mall hanging off the rack. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that two like two hundred people have tried on in <laughs> in in fucking May. Not even close to Halloween. Just to like make their friends laugh. Hey, check out me. I'm the king. <laughs> yeah. Got the somebody was wearing that earlier on in the week with that and uh knit hat dreadlock thing. <laughs> right. Rasta hat and the king. It wasn't even close to Halloween. That's right. Get a boys. You know they're cutting checks. They're they just gave a, a nice fat check to Rancid. And you're like, come on, man, give me. A, I think he, it does have he, to look just like the flare cape, but give me something that doesn't make you look like a poor fucker here. <laughs> I don't think. I don't no, think. Yeah, yeah, it came out that he didn't. He didn't, he didn't charge anything. He, he actually offered the song out the Ruby. Off, so, um, yeah. When he found out her name was that, he's like, use my song. He told her that. He yeah. told her to change her name to Ruby Soho, and I'll give you the song. Yeah. But he's a huge wrestling fan, fan Lars Fredrickson. Yeah. 
right, that's great. The, don't fucking show my joke. You know, <laughs> the pixies, the, the pixies. Where is my mind? They fucking charged them. You know they got money. Frank Black was like, "Give me that. Give me them ducats." Frank Black gave, took, got his money's worth. Oh, you better believe he did. Yeah, he ain't fucking around. Chris, he, he didn't share any of it either. No. Thoughts on this match? What match are we talking about? <laughs> no, 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 I don't. Jared Frank Black. Black. Um, yeah, I don't care. Frank Black uh, versus AEW's accounting department. Yeah, I don't care. Um, I, this this should have ended months ago. Um, and then once again, um, madness breaks out in every other fucking match in AEW. But then the foot was on the ropes, and another ref came out. Yes, yeah, stupid. Like well, you should have known as soon as Aubrey Edwards was refereeing the match that she was going to be a part of the story of the match, right? Oh yeah, well she was voguing. She she was voguing earlier on. She was like strike a pose. I can't watch it. Like I can't watch matches. I find it difficult to watch matches with her refereeing because I'm like, what the fuck is she doing? Why is she standing there at the Statue of Liberty? She's got Whoever's... a book a book in her hand and a, like arm up in the air. Whoever that person was, I don't know if it was Tony Khan when she first rolled out this referee character and was like, that's great. You should keep doing that. That was a big fucking mistake because this is not going to go away. It's, no, it's, Jericho it's likes her too. She works every single one of Jericho's matches. She's not going anywhere. That's Jericho's it was girl. Him. Yeah, he's probably like, she's great. She makes me look so good. This was fine. Okay. She takes the arrow flat. Come on. And that's why she goes, like, puts her hands out because she's, like, doing the disc. Yes, so she's carrying, disc carrying her disc. Could this be real? <laughs> she's probably a Fozzie, up Fozzie head. Uh, so, yeah, so on Instagram, I shared a uh, a post that said, <laughs> what did it say? Mario, it was Super Mario, and it said, I like my coffee black, my ass is flat, and my earth flat. I've been getting videos in my reels that are Earth flat Earth videos ever since I posted that. Just like that. <laughs> it's all flat Earth videos. So what if the world so looked good. like this? And it's this now you're flat, flat gang. I'm part of the flat gang. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. All right. Enough so of this match. Shit. It was fine. It was whatever. Um, it was unnecessary, but it was fine. Singles match. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. CM Punk defeats Darby Allen via pinfall. Brandon, good. Chris, take this one first. I got, I'm going to take a break from leading off. Yeah, okay. Ahead, if you don't um, I was excited about this match. Um, this was a match. It was good. It was, you know, I mean, it was entertaining. Um, Darby Allen, you know, has been their guy. I, you know, I didn't realize. I started thinking about it. like he's been their guy for a while mm-hmm. since the beginning. They've yeah, had, so they've had the. Was he original show... TNT champ? I believe he was. Yes, he was. Oh. Right. Yeah. So like you know, I mean, it was it was there wasn't uh, really uh, Brody Lee, I think was. Oh, I don't know. Yes, there, he wasn't he the was. first one, but yeah, he was the first one to like every week be. Right. He but Darby Allen, um, you know, uh, all his matches are good. Um, I haven't seen a bad one yet. Um, I mean, it's really I I I feel like there should be more to say about this match because this match was CM Punk's return to wrestling, but that's what the match was. That was the story of the match. There was didn't need to be anything between him and Darby Allen. So you know, I uh, I enjoyed it. It was a good match. We I think we knew what was going to happen, and um, there's really not much more to say. I don't think about it. Right, you it, know? Was, it was good to see oh. CM Punk can work. And yeah, CM I mean, Punk I'm not pants. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 
he he looked a little minor Suzuki waking up and yelling at the kids too, and then won't bounce. But yeah, I, I agree. Look a little skanky he, um, butt. A little skanky. Yeah, butt he's got a little bit skanky butt. But get they um butt gets a little skanky. My butt's a little skanky. You get up yeah, in your forties. My mind's butts. not as not my mind's not quite as bulbous as it used to be. I'm definitely not getting an action figure with ass cheeks. No. <laughs> These days, right? So, but um, maybe I used to be able to. Not anymore. Yeah, okay. no, but I, I, you know, like I said, it's like you feel like you should say something more about this match. It was good. Like, oh, blew me, but you know, it was exactly what it needed to be, and I was very happy and I enjoyed watching it. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, it, it made sense, right? Like, CM Punk is fighting a red velvet, but without the mistakes, he, the guys a Fire, fireball jumping all over the place like he's got to if he wants to beat him he's got to be methodical and slow and work and hold and do holds work on his lower body like i'm i'm a fan of all that stuff i'm not mad at mad at any of that however it does at that point of the night and after five hours of stuff mentally you do drag a little bit and i mentioned this last week um i'm trying to fight it off because like cm punk's such a big deal i i wasn't there for his prime i'm getting a little front end CM Punk overexposure. Mm -hmm. So when it's like that, not to fast forward to the end, but when that match ends and there's like a nine minute breather for CM Punk and staying and everything else, I'm thinking about, like you said, Penta and Ray Phoenix who fucking rock and are there every week, like getting forced out of of the ring so that they could do that. I'm like, all right, man, like I, I get that these guys love CM Punk, but I don't, I don't know if I need this much, this fast, every single show, 10 minutes of it is, is CM Punk, but right. not to shit on it. Very cool to see him back. The, the energy in there was amazing. You knew it was going to come. Darby Allen did a great job working with him. I could only imagine how weird it was for him to be working with a guy who he, you know, he said he grew up loving and also probably had no idea he would ever wrestle. And it's right. his first match back and it's him in his hometown in front of all those people going nuts for him. So great job for him, despite whatever weird sexual assault shit that is on the internet about him that we don't have to talk about. Right. Um, I, I like the spot where Darby Allen caught the GTS and then rolled directly out of the ring. That was fucking awesome. I always love the get a move done and run you're, away. You're too close to the ropes. You can go flying yeah. out of the ring or yeah. you just quickly run away from it. Yeah. Samoa Joe's a big great. one of that where you just like, you're about to do something to him and he just lands on his back and rolls out, yeah. walks away. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan. Of that. This is a good match. It was a very good match. But the main event. Is that when Flair fell from the ceiling? <laughs> we kept we kept speculating that. Okay, so we found out early on in the afternoon that CM Punk was not going to go on last. We found out that Kenny Omega was coming on last versus Christian Cage. So, of course, the speculation when you hear that is that someone is coming out at the end of the show. You know that. When you say it, because there's no Kenny Omega here. I'm laughing at. I'm laughing at. Uh, this is Ric Flair just blue blazing out. The well, <laughs> we kept theorizing what was going to happen, and eventually it was that Ric Flair was going to drop like a bag of shit from the ceiling and just die. <laughs> he was going to blow up. Like, just like, like you know what I was thinking? I couldn't remember what I was thinking of when Sting the dummy. Yes, the fake stand. Comes yes. down and goes right through the ring. Yes. <laughs> WCW, yes. We were theorizing that maybe Flair was going to come down like the blue blazer, but die instead. But like, not not even, but not on an angle, just straight, straight down. down. Not not nope. instead. The blue, the blue blazer did also die. Yes, he did. Coming down. But... He did. Die, yeah, die instead. Yeah. 
right. Sorry about that. I'm sorry. About that. Dude, that's actually fucking hilarious. That visual, him just like, just like bang, like flat onto his back, just like. Explode. No, not even. No, I was saying his, straight his down. Go you shooting first, straight up. Straight down, just like, like, and like dead as he's coming. So he's like, oh. But like, and it, when he hits, it's like if you took a big thing like a bowl of jello and dropped on the floor and all the guts would go shooting straight up in the air and splattering all over the place but with like silver hair die from the impact he was he died in the air and then just hits us <laughs> yes <laughs> r.i.p rick flair in our in our dreams all right um so yes the main event is after this match now anybody that's complaining that qt marshall <laughs> qnt marsh alex jones got the co-main event after the main event, you kind of understand why. And between CM Punk coming out and then the main event, you needed this this breather for everybody to go take a piss, take a shit, go get an ice cream pop or five, looking at most wrestling fans. You get Paul White, who defeats Q, Anon, T, Marsh, Alex Jones via pinfall in three minutes. Chris, I'll let you start off because you were a big fan of Nick Komoroto. He changed his gear he went from from toilet paper to paper towels this week. <laughs> Did he? I didn't even notice. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, I... Yeah, this match was fucking like I mean, come on, man. So stupid. Fucking. Co- I mean, I get it, right? I get it, but like, here's if any the match was gonna cool off a crowd, it'd be this one. So, all right. So put it this way, right? All right. Let's go back to the beginning. Just say. They were getting Pac and Andrade, Pac and Andrade. So you have the Battle Royal on in the pre-show. The Battle Royal, which has a massive entrant, right, a big ending, is a big piece of the puzzle. And the final result is a massive piece of the puzzle to the women's title picture, right? So it is a storyline. It is a uh, the keystone of the storyline, all right? Then you that would be first. This if there is a match on this card that should have been in the fucking pre-show, it's this one. No. Or should have started it. No way. No way. Yeah. Way. <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, QT has footage of something. Yep. I'm not a. I'm not really a fan of the. Like build, 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 stop raise the energy and then bring it back at the end any like concerts don't really do that you know when there's under 30 40 minutes left that you should have already pissed or shat or got all the ice cream that you needed to make its way through the end you don't need to drop the the floor well, on. on everyone yeah. right at the ahead, second Chris. to last let me let me just yeah but let me just let me just uh, a counterpoint here they when you have a match if you put two matches that are super hot back to back the second one has a dead crowd. Yeah, it it always crowd. has. It will, yeah. So you have to have a minute to let everybody relax and not pay attention to wrestling. And then the next match is big again. So if you put, say, the Penta and um, the Penta match, the Penta Young Bucks, the Lucha Brothers Young Bucks match, you put that on uh, second to last. The main event, no matter who's in it, would have been completely fucking dead and it would have looked like shit on TV. That's why they do that. That's why they bring it up, bring it down, bring it up, bring it down, bring it up, bring it down. Plus, they make it so you can leave and go get merch and come back. It's it's, it's two things. It's to keep the crowd interested because you've gone to Raw. 
You see what happens by hour three of Raw. Now, granted, that's crappy wrestling, but even still, you've been there since fucking seven thirty or six o'clock, six thirty. The show don't start. The real show don't start to eight. By eleven, you're fucking dead, right? And that's why they do that. They have to have that roller coaster. You got to bring it up, bring it down, bring it up, bring it down. That's the way they've always done it. Yeah. And, I and to to to, to look at your analogy with music, you between bands, there's a break, so you get a minute to. Cool down a little bit. You know what I mean? Yes, but this isn't to start the the last two hours. This is the end of the show. You you have a breather, and I understand what you're saying. Like, yes, this is what they do. It, it, it that's what that's what happens. I I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying I don't like that. Right. I am I'm not. I'm more excited than ever after the Penta match. Try to beat that. Let's go back to back. I'm not out of gas. Uh, our people, I guess. Right. I would prefer that they did it the other way, but whatever. So no one wants to talk about the match, how excellent it was? No. Okay. No. Let's move on. <laughs> Singles match for the AEW World Championship. Can I, I will say this, that I do really agree with the fact that they have a guy named QT Marshallix Jones, QNT Marshallix Jones, that nobody gives a shit, and he leads a stable of guys that nobody gives a shit about. We can move on now. Yeah, toilet paper. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. <laughs> toilet paper. <laughs> if you heard those two guys were wrestling, imagine it in your head, that's what happened. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. I looked at because Jim was like, "Wait a minute, is this going to be the second to last?" And I was like, three minutes, dude." Yeah, Wait, I said less than five. I was like, I was joking, you know, it's the co-main event. Q Q and on to Marsh Alex Jones that, with his. Yeah, sorry, not to not to hammer this point home, but I feel like you guys disagree with me. Like the co-main event is a big fight. It's yeah, not it you don't do you don't have the third thing as a, uh, the big fight, and then the co-main is like a squash match, and then you go like other forms of entertainment don't do this right but this is a little different wrestling's a little different it's like uh, going to the circus it's also like i said it's their last one of those things is it's their last opportunity to go buy beer go buy popcorn and go buy t-shirts now they gotta sell shit can't they have them sell the, shit. the whole time yeah they're not gonna be in they gotta go stay, like they used to call that the popcorn match hmm. you know what i mean yeah, but so they sell merch at, at everything that's it's i'm just saying want to sell more shit. yeah they can sell more right this is the way, I mean, it's, we can argue about it. It's just the way it's done. <laughs> the way it's always been done. I'm not. I'm not I'm no, not, you, need, you need to agree with this. This is a stop. We're going to be here all night. No, it's okay. <laughs> We're not going to be because then I'll have to stop and start recording again. We've got oh, 15 okay, minutes right, left to talk about this. Okay. Uh, AWJ World Championship. Uh, Kenny Omega, the champ with Don Callis, defeated Christian Cage via pinfall. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, go. He's going V trigger right off the bat. I mean, these two guys had an awesome match to start off Rampage, so I was more excited about this uh, because of that. It was long. I'm getting a little bit tired. Uh, I, I honestly, I was kind of in and out of this one. Like, yeah, I felt like I knew where it was going after we had our one, our one belt change. Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega is a great wrestler. When they after the match ended when they cut back and all the highlights of him jumping on the table and smashing it through Christian, Christian putting him through the other table. I'm like, man, a lot of respect to what these guys did. But at that time and place, it didn't get the energy out of me that I was hoping for. However, still awesome. Uh, I don't want to shit on it at all. I thought, uh, but I, if, for it being the main event, I don't know that it was the most exciting thing. Chris. Yeah. Um, tired 
<laughs> ready for bed. Uh, I didn't find it to be all that exciting. Um, I also have nothing at all. In Kenny Omega, to me personally, uh, and I say it all the time, so it's not like it's a revelation here, but Kenny Omega to me, as soon as he opens, as soon as he walks out the fucking ramp, down, out the butthole, he, I want to turn the channel. Chris, you he mean you don't enjoy when you don't enjoy when he when he's talking to the camera? Doesn't I don't enjoy? I don't. Yeah, I, I was, I'm doing this like it was a video. I was going to start doing it, like when he's doing the throat slit and he's whispering. Yeah, and he's talking to himself with crazy eyes and like you know, dude, I don't fuck it. Look, like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, yeah, can the guy work? Sure, but you know what else? I you know, for me, I've seen the Great Muda. So if you're just going to act like the Great Muda in the ring and then not be cool outside of it, then I don't fucking care. But right? I think that, I think what we're missing here is that this was the main event, but it wasn't really the main event. The main event. No, it was. It was a means to, the, the to an end. It was a means to an end. Yes. Is what but it was. yes. Go ahead. Also, the the week of this big main event at their quarterly pay per view, it's a fucking insane of Kenny Omega to like dye his hair weird just for men jet black. Oh, black and so, blue. At one point, I think when he walked out, blue. I think it looked like it was dripping down his chest. Yeah. Like he just done it in the back. Outrageous. The Ru Rudy Gi Giuliani. And that's it. The match ended. That was it. That oh, was no. it. Oh, no. Are we done? So Kenny Omega wins. We, we kind of knew that was going to happen. Um, they're beating the shit out of him. Music hits. Adam Cole's coming out. Adam Cole has an all elite shirt on, or has Adam Cole Bay Bay elite shirt on, or something like that. I don't remember. Bay, Adam on. Cole, yeah, something. Yeah, and then he comes to the ring like he's gonna. The good, or no, the good guys come out to save Christian Cage. They all get beat up by the elite. Adam Cole Bebe comes out, does his Adam Cole Bebe, and he is also a heel. He is with the Elite as well. And um, we were watching it, and when we were watching it live, we were kind of like, so now Adam Cole joins the Elite and is already better than everyone else in the Elite, and he's going to make them all look like shit. They're all going to look like indie wrestlers next to Adam Cole. He can talk better. He can work better. I'm excited for that. I can't wait for these fuckers to be exposed. Chris, go ahead. We were, we yeah, were that's what I, this. that's what I said, said to you when it happened. I said, the only yeah. thing that they're going to get out of this is Adam Cole making the, everybody else in that fucking ring right now look like shit. Yeah. Cause not only can he work, he can fucking do a promo pretty much better than anybody in the business right now. Other than fucking, he's right up there with Penta. Yeah, and Mox right, exactly. and guys like that. Where you sound believable. Yeah, and Mox and guys like that. Like, he really knows what he's doing. He can really cut a fucking promo. The guy's a pro. Um, I mean, I will get into the fact that we talked about it a little bit before, but I will get into the fact it's just like fucking, um, you know, WWE worked hard, so hard, to prevent what happened 30 years ago, or right around, from happening again. And... You know, volleyball man couldn't get his fucking shit together, and he ended up fucking. You ended up having a guy. They ne dude. They 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 worked their asses off to never have talent go from their show to the next show within the course of a couple fucking weeks. And back in the day, it was just one week, but here it's what three weeks, and one of their biggest stars is on the other television program, and that's a big fucking deal. And I'd give him credit because, from what I understand, the guy was working and finishing out his storylines with WWE with no contract. So it wasn't like he just fucking split on him, but they knew he was going. And, dude, I mean, it's it, when you talk about the 
perceived downward spiral of WWE because we don't know what the fuck's going on, but the perceived downward spiral of WWE, this doesn't help that look at all. Seaman Canyon is his name. Yeah, volleyball man. Yes. Seaman Canyon Seaman. Seaman. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, that that moment is why Seaman got fired. That's a big deal. That's a big mistake. And there's, you know, it had no time to breathe. He was just on NXT pay per view or uh, special event. Take him out pay per view anymore. Yeah. And bang, just like that, he's busting out the end of their big pay per view. Um, and not like old, old. I don't know. You know, again, I was a kid when the WCW thing was happening, but it felt like Razor Ramon and Kevin Nash had kind of done their thing and then they were moving on. But it, as far as talent, it wasn't like they were the top fresh talent. Adam Cole was the opposite of that. Like Chris spent a lot of time talking about how a lot of people don't know NXT. We never got full like SummerSlam WrestleMania Adam Cole with WWE's. That's a big fucking mistake by WWE there. All right, so that wasn't it though. So we get to that and the big reveal, another big reveal. Adam Cole's in the ring. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. His music hits, everybody knows the music, not produced by Jim Johnson did not create Ride of the Valkyries. Contrary to what Twitter might think. Right of the Valkyries comes out, and then it hits like a hip-hop beat at the beginning of it, which I thought was fucking hilarious. And uh, Super generic. Yeah, and then um, he runs to the ring and makes the big save. And we got Brian Danielson in the ring with all the baby faces, chasing the elite out of the ring. So it's official. We got Adam Cole and Brian Danielson in AEW. Probably one of the best endings of any pay-per-view in history. I would say, Brandon, thoughts on this? Yeah, for I'm, as for what it is, it's a paradigm shifting moment. There, it's like if we. I mean, obviously, we do this every week. We we know what is the most interesting. It's been AEW for a minute, but as far as the public, that's probably something that goes around. It's like, well, now AEW is clearly more interesting than WWE. Um, everybody else moves down the card a little bit. The roster looks a lot better than it did six months ago. Guys like Adam Page you didn't even see during this, but fit in a better spot than than trying to go with Kenny Omega. Um, you know they still got like at the end of the pay per view Jungle Boys out there, like they they are they are what they are, right? To a certain extent, but damn, that's, that's you know, good. You know, it's a good thing. You have the younger yeah. guys in there with the veterans, and you know they're getting the rub of being in the ring with. The, I mean, that's the the Daniel Garcia thing where all of a sudden they're thrust into the main event, they're gonna lose. But still, it looks good that they're working with somebody that's a veteran that people's eyes are on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. What do you think, Chris? Chris, good. So, you know, I, I, I tell you one thing. So when Adam Cole came out, I was like, oh, this is really cool. I didn't expect to see him. I really didn't. And then Adam Cole, Adam Cole joins the Elite. And I'm thinking to myself, if they end the pay-per-view with this, this is the shits. Because now you have like, oh, the Elite won. And now there's more of them. Right. You know what I mean? So there's the, the payoff is kind of like, oh, this is kind of shitty. And then Daniel Bryan's music hits, and I got excited. And it's good because you're actually going to get that, you know, I would assume we're going to get that version of Daniel Bryan that we only got bits and pieces of in WWE, that American Dragon, nasty as fuck, tough as nails like Daniel Bryan. Um, and no 
pointing at the fucking sky, which was great. Yep, they wanted him to, and he just they, he just ran did not do it. Didn't do it. That mm-hmm. yeah, was great. Mm-hmm. Forget the forget so, the old character. Yeah, been trying to forget um, the old character for fucking years. It's a game back. Yeah, um, we're I think we're gonna see a lot more of the like you know grabbing the hands and stomping the face into the ground, mm-hmm. fucking elbows to the ear and all that shit. The good, the good tough, legit tough Daniel Bryan. So. Very happy, very excited. Can't wait till Wednesday because it's Wednesday night tomorrow, and you know what that means. Yeah, it's the when's the last time you were so excited after a pay per view you couldn't wait? Like I wanted to watch more Monday. Like I'm yeah. so, so excited to right. watch more. Like this is rare. And, it's a rarity. And it's it's funny because when you think about it, when I when you asked me, like if you were to ask me before we started this podcast, what you know, AEW is on Wednesday. Uh, what are you excited about? And my first, the first thing I would say would be Minoru Suzuki. That's the first thing. Right. Until you actually sit down and you start thinking, you're like, yo, that is awesome, but there's so much more right. shit. You know what I mean? So, like you said, it's probably going to start with Mox, but we don't know that, man, because they got so much other shit now. They got to address. So we're probably, who knows when, what's going to happen on, on, uh, on, on Wednesday, the only fear I have is is that they're going to get so much talent, they're going to have so many stories to tell that fucking Wednesday is going to go to three hours, and I swear to God I'll cry. No, I don't think. Because I just going. don't. Nah, you know, I don't think it is either. I hope it never does, because that's definitely one of the biggest mistakes that fucking WWE ever made. Triple H himself has always said, "I wish we could make Raw two hours." Yeah, it would be a terrible. You know, mistake. it's just yeah. So hopefully they won't do that. But I'm really excited. I'm really excited, and you know, there's no way that you get these WWE loyalists. And it's like how you you can't be excited by this. There's right. no way that you could be excited by what you're seeing. You mean w, watching WWE? WWE. Yeah, right. and and still say that oh no, I won't watch that other show because that's what every like I said it may not be it's not going to be more popular, but it's definitely what everybody's going to be talking about inside this circle of people. You know, this right. massive circle of people. Brandon, any final thoughts on this? Yeah, but one of the funniest things I saw about this was. Uh, our boy, the chairman, immediately posts online. He's like, Spears versus Punk. Oh, I saw that. Spears versus Brian. He's like, I cannot wait. I'm like, I don't. I have a feeling that you uh, just got right back to where you were at the old place, buddy. But you're gonna be on the AEW Dark. Thank you very much. I'm so glad some of these dopes are gonna be pushed out of the main event. I, I, we're gonna get young people against these older guys, which is the fun part of this. But I don't. I don't need to see the chairman anymore. <laughs> Ever again, I hope. Yeah. Chairman gets yeah. fired. Yeah, chairman, chairman. Chairman, dead. Mm. So what'd you think? I think this is easily one of the best pay-per-views in fucking ever. Wrestle Kingdom maybe nine was good, but that still had some stinkers. These stinkers were there for a reason. I think they were well-structured. I think the show was well-structured. I loved it from beginning to end. Even the dumb matches, because... Then we could laugh about what happened before. <laughs> I have to stop paying attention. Yeah, right. I thought this is great. I mean, right. the last one I remember being this crazy about was what Daniel Bryan when he was winning the title in WrestleMania 30. But that match in between those two, you know, Daniel Bryan matches is kind of a dud. WrestleMania 17. I can't think of another one. Um, uh, the only one I can think of off the top of my head is, uh, I mean, I'll go back to. Uh... Was that 20? I, I don't remember which one it was, but uh, Rock Hogan. Right. I think it was 20. You were acting like this was really fucking exciting. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. But. 
Yeah, it's cool. I had as much fun recently, um, like watching Wrestle Kingdom at the bar when I was getting into that because, I mean, for me, a lot of those characters were fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some some great pay-per-views in recent memory for me, but this, as far as, like, for the industry, is like a – like, what, Chris? <laughs> No, I'm saying I'm just saying the best Wrestle Kingdom was what we watched at the bar was the one we watched in the snowstorm. snowstorm. And there was only four of us in there, so the bar was like five fucking degrees. Was Brandon there for that one? I don't think you were. I think you started coming the following year. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, was, buddy. Yeah, go ahead, continue. No, it's five o'clock in the morning. We got meatball sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, make those boy, meatballs is... on his own too. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, as far as like what this means, boy, I can't I can't really think of something bigger. Yeah, it's a big deal. I think uh, I hope the fans out there recognize what a big deal this is and what a big yeah show this was and how it pays off when you only have a couple pay per views a year and this company is starting to gel together into something worth watching every week. And I think a lot of it has to do with touring, touring brand. We're going to the show in October. Should be fun. We're going to get well, a little debris, I guess, I hope. No, it chairman. Also help, no chairman, please. It also helps when they have, um, you know, you have a person that runs it that uh, is not there to squash all your hopes and dreams and build you into what he thinks is cool. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> you know, go do your thing and get your thing over. I mean, you know, the fact that we watch a wrestling show that Orange fucking Cassidy is on. Like, you know, not knocking Orange Cassidy. I think it's awesome. That dude never no. would have been on WWE. Small guy. Even, What's his gimmick? Even, I don't get no, it. I don't get it. Even if he was fucking six foot nine and 280 pounds and shredded. Right. He would be like, I don't, I don't understand this. Well, I mean, all the, the old school, all the old school wrestling guys are the same way. They're all like yep. that. They None of them got Orange Cassidy. None of them get Makito. You know who gets it? The people that go to AEW and watch it. Yeah. And that's and your you know fan what, base. And it doesn't matter what you get. What matters the is what's, fart. what's fucking uh, asses and seats and sells merch. Right. That's what fucking matters. Yeah. Getting younger yeah. Crowd, a younger crowd involved and stop pandering to the fucking 50-year-olds that you... Wrestling was real back when Hulk Hogan was around. It's tough and real men. And macho men, man. Those guys, like, those guys are their shit. Fuck them. Fuck everybody. I'm tired of shit. I don't want to record it's it. It's so mine, man. I'm so fucking. Right what are we any, even talking any about? about AEW? I'm done. I'm ready. Can we just make this the AEW review show from now on? It pretty much is. It looks like what it's becoming, right? Yeah. yeah. Talk about so. some other stuff once in a while, but it's pretty much the AEW show. So. We'll have debates about whether or not the little crystallized flavor crystals on the bottom of the water ice are good or bad. They're delicious. Which is which is really upsetting me, Brandon. <laughs> Hot take on it that it all tastes good. Too sweet, too syrupy. It's like it's like Amazing. dipping your it's like dipping your finger in the ramen packet, putting it on your tongue. It's yeah. Just, oh yeah, this is so much yeah, chicken. I love it. That ruins the whole thing to me because when I it's that concentrated, I'm like, Ugh. <clears throat> so I was eating that. I, love it. I pour it in <laughs> I pour it in a glass and I just suck it down. All right, let's get out of here. Thanks for joining us this week and join us here every week at Wrestling is Hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number 4 Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. And for Brandon and Chris, I'm Jim, and we'll be back here next week. 